Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Stephanie Smile is like a white woman in a Mexican restaurant. Please, she just told the waitress, gracias. (laughs) Hun, did you hear me? I got the corn tortillas. (laughs) (laughs) Rich Crage. Jesus Christ, log off and go to work. What are you doing? And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? Big time flagship this week. A lot of topics. They're always big these days. They're never not big. We make them big even if they're not big. But yeah, a lot lot of big time topics here. Big wrestling news going on. Big wrestling shows going on. Companies back. New Japan's back. AEW's back. CM Punk's back. Tony Khan's back. Everyone's back. We're back. NWA's back. Crockett Cup, baby. (laughs) 24 teams vying for the uh, prestigious Crockett Cup. We'll let you know every single one of them. Don't worry. But uh, how you doing? How you doing, Joe? I just wore my Crockett Cup 22 t-shirt out oh, in public the other day. Nice. Did, I, did anybody stop you and, uh, and get your predictions for uh, 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 the 2023 Crockett Cup or no? You, you know, it's funny you should ask that because that's why I brought it up. No, nobody oh. stopped me and asked <laughs> about the NWA. Damn it. Not a single, not a single person. No, the uh, the, no. the legacy of the Crockett Cup has, has has been lost on the uh, the greater College Station area. Yes, well, you know who won the twenty twenty two Crockett. Of Cup. course, I know who won the twenty twenty two Crockett Cup. Uh, hopefully, it's the Von Erichs. I actually have no earthly idea who won the twenty twenty two Crockett Cup. Should the Briscoes. Oh, the Brown. That's right, the Briscoes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um. Obviously, it was laundry the, day. Wasn't it as Davy Boy and shit? Who was the other guy that he was with? Doug Williams. Doug Williams. That's right. I forget what their their goofy little name was, but yeah, Doug Williams and Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know. Fucking tickety talk on the Big Ten clock. <laughs> I think it was something. tickety. I believe that was officially. Um, if it wasn't, let the, the, it should have been the tickety talk on the on the Big Ten clock. <laughs> yes. 
fucking por- porridge and pudding. I don't know. But uh, it, it was obviously laundry day. I would never wear that on purpose in public. Um, Is it a good now, shirt? Is it comfy? It's not bad. I mean, it doesn't look like a wrestling shirt either, but I know it's a wrestling shirt. And that will bother me if I'm out in public knowing that I know I'm in a wrestling shirt. I'm very anti-wrestling shirt in public. Now I'll wear that shirt around the house. I'll sleep in that shirt. You know what I mean? Like, I'll put that shirt on after a long, hard day of waking up at 1030 and doing nothing, you know, during a during a game and, and eat some wings in that shirt. But it, it's got to be uh, desperate times to slap that baby on my back and, you know, go gallivanting around College Station. But, uh, uh, do, do you tend to wear it when you do your, your massive catch-ups on NWA that nobody asks you to do, but you do anyway because you're, you're such a hard worker? Your you're, you're watches you know through what? power and whatever that other one is called, <laughs> the other show that I've never watched in my life and never will. Power Surge? Power Surge, that's right. Power Surge, or, yes. Or NWA USA. Oh, the NWA USA. Is that thing still going on? Of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, of course, of course. Or USA Surge? <laughs> No, you're making that one up. That was not true. All right. You can look it up, sir. NWA USA Surge. You're telling me there's an NWA USA Surge. I'm telling you that sometimes they pull out the NWA USA Surge. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Now, why do they have all these different names for all these shows? (laughs) When really they just have two shows and then, but for some reason, it'll be the day for power. And they'll just call it Power Surge. Like if it's like a half hour version or something. I don't know why they can't just call them all Power. Why can't it just be a shorter version of Power? <laughs> right? All but great I, questions I for At Billy. All, all great questions for At Billy. But uh... So then they started doing NWA USA Surge. NWA USA is the Saturday show, I think. My days mixed up. But then like there'll be a random... Sur- uh, Surge USA. I'm sorry. It's not USA Surge. It's Surge USA. Surge USA. Yeah, get it right. Come on. Yeah. So they haven't had many of those, but they're real and they do have them. Um, and, and I will be doing my NWA catch up. I am going to watch all of the. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a lot of catching up to do. I got to watch the, the World is a Vampire shows from Mexico uh, that I haven't watched yet. The. the uh, and then all of the powers and U and USAs and power surges and USA surges leading up to Crockett Cup. You don't think I'm just gonna cut the line, Rich, and plop down on the couch this Saturday? Is it Saturday? It's Saturday and it's Saturday. Sunday or Friday That's and right. Saturday. Oh, it's a spectacular yeah. two day event. You don't think I'm just gonna cut the line without doing my homework and properly prepare for the Crockett Cup? Do no, you? I mean you need I to mean, have a good idea who's gonna win that thing. Is 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 do Brian Brock and Magic Jake Dumas have the momentum? They're a twenty-three seed, but hey, I'm watching the NBA Finals. There's an eight seed in the finals right now, so don't 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 call you know the Heat. Any, anybody, Brian Brock and 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 Magic Jake Dumas have just as good a chance as the number three seeded Knox and Murdoch, and you got to know that. You, and you would know that better if you watch all the shows and see, seen the momentum that those that team could possibly be carrying uh, into the Crockett Cup, the two day event. The twenty-three seed. It's like <laughs> uh, you you don't have to seed them that high, you know. Like that's uh that's like when they brought in Dutch Mantel and Bobby Jaggers, the uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, in for one of those Crockett Cups. Look, we all know they're eating a first-round L. You don't have to slap a number next to the name. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Central States representative is going down round one, just like the Mokies. So, 
you don't have to give them a number. Like, you don't have to see teams that far along. I don't know why they're doing that. Does Billy strike you as a big sports fan? Maybe not, he doesn't understand. No, not at all. No, definitely, definitely not. So, yeah, I don't know. He he He's really into it. Because if you go back into the history of the Crockett Cup, and I cannot believe we're starting this show by discussing the Crockett Cup. May as well. Which we're going to probably talk about again later during the show uh, because we cannot possibly begin with our, our Crockett Cup preview. We have to. Uh, be, why but, not? But, we can't. It's long. It's gonna be so long. There's 24 teams, and the and the 24 team is potentially four different teams. So there's there's a lot of teams we got to talk about here. So no, we cannot hey, break down every team. Oh, that's what I was planning on doing. So no, no, we got to break down every team. <laughs> At least discuss every team. We cannot. We Rich, cannot. Start. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who 75 percent of these people are. <laughs> oh come on. Well, that's why you got to watch the shows, Joe. You got to get on my level. Watch the shows. Got to get on my level. My my surge oh, hold on, hold USA watch, watching. You- yeah. Hold on, you've been watching? I've been watching. I've been going to all the Smashing Pumpkins conf- uh, uh, concerts that have NWA matches in them. Yeah, I'm I'm all set to go. Don't worry. I, I, I don't know like if those have happened Josh, yet. I think those I, are happening in the summer. But... I feel like you're uh, you're joshing me. No, I don't no, feel no, like no. you've been watching these shows. Oh come on! I think you're full of it. Then all right, how about you uh, give me a little something on the. Uh, on uh, let me let's see the now Hale Collins and Vic Delicious. Oh, give me a little something on the, the now. now. The now, the now, yeah. Uh, what's what's that other lad's next? Vic, what's how do you pronounce the last right, name? So you know nothing of the now. <laughs> the and... now is now is capitalized and no W, which means obviously they they uh, you know have have a very forced. I have no idea. I don't know who Hale Collins and Vic Dali Who cares? Yeah. Actually, Vic Delicious. I'm. Uh, oh, is that delicious? Oh, there it is. Look at that. All right. He spells delicious. You know. <laughs> I thought he was like a Greek guy or something. I was like, I might be Greek. I don't. No, know. it's just a, it's just a it's just a very early two thousands wrestling spelling. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's yeah. Windy City Pro Wrestling definitely had a guy named Vic Delicious too. I'm sure of it. So probably the same guy. <laughs> it might it, actually it, be the same guy. It's definitely actually, the same now guy. that you mentioned it, probably you is know, the same guy. Why wouldn't it be the same guy? <laughs> um. So, uh, but the, you know, they're holding it in Winston Salem, North Carolina. By the way, this is the Crockett Cup segment. We're doing it right now, baby. All right. Um, w- Want to tell you one quick thing about Vic Delicious? This might be your guy. Uh, his sure. pinned his pinned tweet on his Twitter account. Uh, by the way, right. if you want uh, inquiries, you got to send them to grizzledvd at gmail I love that grizzled oh, okay. Victorlish at gmail.com. Love it. Grizzled VD sounds like you were with a questionable woman in New Orleans one year at Mardi Gras, and uh, and you caught something from her. Grizzled VD. Grizzled VD. If you want to uh, book him for his shows, um, all right. I think you're gonna like Grizzled VD. Uh, I, I, just just to give you an idea here. So, I don't want Grizzled. I want nothing to do with Grizzled <laughs> yeah, VD. Well, hold on a minute. Uh, I, just... I I somehow avoided Grizzled VD. For many years when I was single. I Don't ask me how. Well, now's the time. This is the weekend to get it. Condom? What's a condom? And I avoided grizzled VD. Here, so I, I, I'm an absolute fucking animal. There's, you know, you know those days. I had to hide the eye of the tiger, Rich. You know this. <laughs> um, those early flagships. I'd be like, look, man, we got to wrap this up. I got a, I got a 1030 appointment coming over, you know? But, uh, I'm pretty sure one of them came to the house while you were doing the show once, and I remember you stopped to get the door, and then you're like, "All right, yeah." So uh, then you're like, "I got, we got, we got to, we got to sign off." So, God so about God. this bowl of field, right? Right. right. <laughs> this poor woman Kyle sitting O'Reilly on the couch, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. sitting on the couch. Or... Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Can I try to a, sell you on a, the grizzled VD? 
have a seat, toots. I got to break down the Battle of Los <laughs> right. Angeles. I- I'll be right with you. Bowl of 14 um, doesn't pre- preview itself, so uh, give me a few minutes. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you got on this uh, Vic Delicious? Okay, Vic Delicious. All right, his pinned tweet. Uh, he tweeted this August 30th, 2022. It says, anxiety, dash, worry for the hashtag future, parentheses, hasn't happened yet. Depression, dash, worries from hashtag past, can't change it. That's in parentheses, too. The hashtag now is the only moment you're actually living, all caps, in. They don't call it the present, parentheses, gift, present was in hashtag, for nothing. Hashtag live in the now, hashtag pro wrestling, hashtag present moment, hashtag NWA, Hashtag Tuesday vibe. My God. What who is who's their first round opponent? <laughs> uh their first round opponent is one sec, one sec, because you're uh let's see here. The now will be facing God, this thing is uh Judeus and Max the Impaler. Well That's a fifteen eighteen matchup, by the way. Let's go Judeus and uh maxine paler because i can't root for a man with that many hashtags in a pin tweet <laughs> but he's saying anxiety that's you're worrying about the future that hasn't happened yet don't worry about it depression that's from the past you can't change that the now though the now is the moment you're living in joe no, they don't I call it the hashtag present parentheses gift for nothing no g on that either nothing no, not working for this you guy got for, it. for grizzled this guy BD. gotta go <laughs> oh no now let's get the now out of here oh, in man. all caps if you if you if you prefer. Wait a minute, <laughs> how's how how are they doing a fifteen eighteen matchup? That doesn't make sense. Joe, I I am going to explain it all to you later. Well, I guess now is actually what I'm going to explain it because no, I'm not coming back to this. Okay, I, we're, we're doing gotta, it now. We're we, doing it now. We're, we're Rich, okay. We're we're obviously in too deep. Okay, I mean, we're in too deep. All right, <laughs> let's do it. The sixth annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament is this weekend, as co- of course, as you all know, uh, June third through the fourth. If you're tr- if you're tuning in for CM Punk uh, discussions and Collision and all that, you're gonna have to wait a little bit because uh, we got to talk about the sixth annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament, which is this weekend, June third through the fourth, from Winston Salem, North Carolina. You can order both shows right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com/slash/fight. I believe it is uh, $45, cool $45 for uh, nights one and night two of the 6th Annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament. So uh, the seeds for this tournament, Joe, and then I will, I will give you the match. How about I'll give you the matchups? We'll, we'll do that. I'll, I'll go up and down the bracket and gives you, give you the matchups of everything going on, okay? Number one seed getting a bye into the round of 16 is La Rebellion, Bestia 666, and Mecca Wolf getting a bye into the first round. Makes sense. La Rebellion, one of the top teams in the NWA, of course. We get a, round, a, a first round bye, right? The champs, yeah. Yeah, well got to get a bye. Should get a bye to the quarterfinals, honestly. Yeah. Um, all right. Facing them will be the winner of the number 16 versus the number 17. The bracket is an absolute disaster. Don't ask me. Control your narrative. Flip Gordon and Fodder, your 16 seed, versus your number 17 cent two with the number two slaughter. No spaces. Sent to slaughter. Uh, Dan Moff. And Sean Donovan. Ah, you know, maybe like one and a half canceled wrestlers in that battle. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about fodder. Uh, and, uh, if, is Flip full canceled or half canceled? I always forget. To, no, Flip's not. Flip's not canceled. Flip just is a flat earther. And well, it depends. Like, if you're a super like, I, I, some people cancel flat earthers. I, I don't know, but you have to be like 
really extreme the cancel flat earthers right like i just don't think they're serious people and i just laugh at them like i don't think they're we need to shoot them into the sun right yeah they we just they just need to be ignored and ridiculed probably right you know i just laugh at them they're harmless um but uh you always ask about fodder like and we always have the same conversation. <laughs> like, i want to know more about this fodder and I tell you every time he's a CYN guy. He was working all those uh, Ethan Carter CYN shows with with uh, Braun, Strowman, and Austin Aries, and and Flip Gordon. He's I was a, just asking if he was canceled or not. I, I don't know if he is. I know he's got like very tall oh, hair, no, no, no. very tall hair, and he's either dating or married or or whatever with uh, Angelina Love. So no, fine. No, listen, Fodder is a good citizen, as far as I know. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> you don't know anything about Fodder. I, don't, uh, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know anything about <laughs> Fodder, but. Anyway, there that's go. weird that the 16 and 17 seed. Yeah, it is a little weird, yeah. Are facing the one seed in the next. Remember well, how no, you said, is, is is Billy a sports fan? I, I don't think. It, it, it's it's a little, it's a mess, but uh, stick with us here. All I right. promise here. Okay. Uh, the number eight seed, Blunt Force Trauma, will getting a buy, be getting a bye into the round of 16. They'll face, obviously, the winners uh, of La Rebellion and, and whoever wins that Control Your Narrative sent to Slaughter match. Uh, they will be facing, that, that's obviously Carnage and Damage, my favorite team in NWA. Love Blunt Force Trauma. Yeah. Uh, they'll be facing Idle Mania Sports Management, the team of Scion and Jordan Clearwater versus the always dangerous TBD. And Joe, TBD will be made up of four teams that are going to be facing off in the first night of the tournament to figure out who is going to be the prestigious 24th seed in the sixth annual Jim Crockett seed or whatever the hell I said, the Memorial Tag Team Tournament ter- Cup. Uh, it's Daisy Kill and Talos. Versus the miserably faithful Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp. Versus Eric Jackson and Jeremiah Plunkett. Versus the outrunners of Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Now, you may remember Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp from their feud where they had two mask versus hair matches where neither guy got his hair shaved or his mask taken off. Yes, of course. Um, And they're still a tag team, apparently. Jeremiah Plunkett has been an NWA jobber for like four years now. <laughs> Can you get any lower on the, like the quote unquote major league wrestling totem pole than NWA jobber who never moves up the card. Right. With Danny like deals that, with Danny deals as your manager too, who, who hopefully dear God, I've never wanted to, I never wanted velvet sky on commentary more than I wanted. <laughs> if it, it prevents us from hearing Danny deals again, I will take it for sure. Now wait, I'm confused. Is Blunt Force Trauma who do a uh, a doom yes. act? Are they facing Idle Sports Management? Or are they, they are facing, facing 20- no. So Idle Sports Management is facing Idle Sports Management. The nine seed is facing the twenty four seed TBD, which is the the winner right. of whatever Whoever that wins for, the four way. Right, and then yeah. the winners of those that match will go on to face Blunt Force Trauma in the round of Why 16. Why does the eight seed have to potentially face the nine seed in the next round? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot here. You are. Number four seed, Mysticese Jr. and Octagon Jr. They, oh, yeah. They're getting a bye into the round of 16. Uh, they're going to be facing a tough matchup here. Number 13, SVGS. That's Jax Dane and Black Troop. It's uh, it's Blake Troop. Uh, Wikipedia says Black Troop, so I'm going with Black Troop. I'm sorry, Rich, but you're canceled. He is, it is <laughs> Wikipedia, Wiki, It is Wikipedia's fault, sir. Are you I, sure? I promise you that Bullet this pro- Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I do remember that guy It's now. Blake Troop. Well, I, I am going to show you the screenshot. I'm going to show you the screenshot just so people know. I, I am not canceled. Wikipedia's he's canceled. Not only, he's not only named Blake Troop. 
his gimmick is that he's a literal troop, much like Jack Stane with the. Uh, so, could you imagine a wrestler named Blake Troop, who's an actual troop, like five or six years ago when a lot of the ultra wokes were cared about wrestling and they were always talking about how much they hate the troops. This would have been the most hated. Ra- he would have surpassed uh, Flip Gordon on uh, in terms of uh, hated wrestlers. Uh, he still might among that sect. What? Uh, he still might. Oh, be, he still uh, might. I'm sure he might still be hated. So, ah, those people don't really follow wrestling anymore. They're, they're certainly not watching the NWA. I'll tell you that they're not watching the NWA. But Blake Troop, Rich, yes, not a uh, black. Well, troop. please, I, I, if anybody who's on Discord, please check the uh, the the Discord <laughs> super fans. Just so nervous. I'm just, Rich just so nervous. Know. It's Wikipedia's fault, man, not me. I watch my NWA, so of course I know that he's Blake Troop. But... Rich thinks he's canceled. He's so nervous. Look, I, it's not even bad what you said. I think right? it's hilarious. I, I Honestly, I thought it would be hilarious and very on the nose to the NWA for there to be a man called Black Troop. Just... Right. And it's like a black guy. Yeah. Like in a, it's a black guy in military fatigues like coming out. Right. It's, it's like because so. Billy was thinking about G.I. Bro and was like, no, I could do better. Right. I can do better. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, we could, re- we could revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jam no, Pro, that, that was pretty good. That was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. Simon uh, Diamond back there talking him into it. <laughs> is that the room? Is Simon Diamond and Billy Corgan? Yeah, that's the room. Oh, that's yikes. part of the room. There's, there's, that's the brain trust. The well, explains a lot. Uh, they will be facing the number yeah. 20 seed TNT. That's Terrence and Terrell Hughes. TNT. The number five seated, a cut above, Tom Latimer Terrence. and Rhett Titus. Terrence and Terrell Hughes. Yeah, you know that's Devon's boys, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, they, they've been hot prospects for like seven years. Yeah, now. I feel they like they're not getting any better, right? I mean, you've been at it this long. You've got the – and everyone – listen, everyone in wrestling loves Devon Dudley. He's like the most beloved guy. Nobody – everyone loves him. He, he hasn't had a crossword with anyone in 25 – 30 years or whatever it is. I remember watching Devon Dudley in grimy New Jersey Indies when he wrestled as A-Train. Right around the time that Albert was A-Train. But he was like, and then he like, you know, they, they brought him into ECW and they, they made him a Dudley. But I've been watching that guy for like 30 years. But around wrestling, he's like beloved. So you would think his kids would have a head up. They have a decent look. They've been at this for so long. And where are they in their careers? They're the number 20 seed in uh, the Crockett Cup this weekend. Right. Fighting. Good luck uh, to them, though. Yeah, you fighting know, for a chance to, to uh, lose to Mrs. Z's in, in Octagon in the uh, the round of 16. All right. Uh, the number five, a cut above, Tom Latimer and Rhett Titus. They get a bye to the round of 16. They'll be facing the winner of the number 12 seeded, the Fixers, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski, my second favorite team uh, in the NWA, and the number 21 seed, the brothers of Funstruction, Yabo the Clown and Rufo the Clown. Flagship favorites, uh, the Fixers. Yeah. You thought flagship, I was going to say Flagship the clowns, favorite, right? Yabo the Clown. Yabo and Ruffo. Give me a little something on Ruffo the Clown. I don't know anything Chicago. about Ruffo the Clown, to be honest. Uh, I imagine Ruffo the Clown is the clown persona of Rough Crossing, uh, who I believe is Yabo the Clown's shoot brother and used to be an uh, indie guy. Out uh, here, so I, I imagine Ruffo the Clown is is, is rough crossing. So uh, he was like pretty you good. Know a lot about yeah. Sounds like I know more about Ruffo the Clown than I thought. I guess so. 
Yeah, that was a pretty good bio. I mean, <laughs> and Ruffo the Clown and, and Yavo the Clown. There's a lot of information, Rich. You're selling yourself short here. <laughs> you certainly know more about Ruffo the Clown than, than Blake Troop. We, we, we've established sure, that. Yes, yes, we do. Um, all right, what else we got here? Uh, number two, the Midnight Riders, Tyrus and Chris Adonis. Uh, they're getting a buy into the uh, round of 16. Uh, they'll be facing the aforementioned number 15, Judas and Max the Impaler versus the number 18, The Now, Hale Collins and Vic Delicious. So we've covered some of these, but do you think uh, Dusty Rhodes, the Midnight Rider, would have approved? Do you think Dusty would be like, Tavis, he brings the heat, baby? Yeah, but like, well, like, hold on like, a minute. Like are they? Stuff. Are these guys coming out? Like, are they called the Midnight Riders? Are they wearing the the like the Zorro mask, or are they just like called the Midnight Riders? Well... Rich, once again, I have to remind you, I have not watched the TV. Okay, yet. okay, so, okay, okay. Um, this is not the usual quality of review that we would normally give for an NWA uh, pay per view event. Um, but I wonder, you know, does does Dusty also feel like Tyrus brings the heat, like uh, Billy Corgan? <laughs> Billy Corgan loves loves something as much as Big Bill loves uh, uh, Tyrus. Man, he 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 just he, he loves Tyrus. I think at one point he said, actually, "If you don't like that, then don't watch wrestling or whatever." He like, said, uh, "Hell yeah, brother!" He said, <laughs> "He said if you don't like watching Tyrus, you're not a fan of pro wrestling." Hell yeah, he brother! I love it. I love it. He's right because because Tyrus brings the heat. Yeah, he's right. He's 100 percent right. And that's why we can continue to watch wrestling because we we love the NWA. We love Tyrus. So what? Oh yeah. Someone's gonna clip that. You better yeah correct yourself, sir. We don't love Tyrus. <laughs> um, so bad. Yeah, I don't know what this Night Riders gimmick is. I'm I'm curious. Or actually, I'm not. I'm actually not that curious. But uh, yeah, who knows what uh, what will end up happening well, there? So. L- well, listen, you're gonna find out a lot about it when you're when you're in that cubicle on Tuesday, wanting to die, trying to watch these shows. <laughs> That's rich at the office trying to squeeze in NWA Crockett Cup. And that'll be the day that your boss swings by the desk a hundred times. So you have to get through it very slowly. Um, And you'll learn all about all these great teams. Fantastic. Uh, number seven, the country gentlemen, AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews. They are getting a buy into the round of 16. They'll be facing the winner of the number 10 seeded, the war gods, Kratos and Otison, And the number 23 that said the, the, the plucky underdog, I think, Brian Brock and Magic Jake Dumas. Yeah, well, Magic Jake Dumas will have his assistant. Yeah. Um, so... I'll be looking forward to that. He should, considering he's like a literal magician, he should be doing better in the wrestling game, right? You know, you make a good point. He should just be pulling magic tricks and defeating his opponents with with that kind of uh, craftiness, right? Right, right. Like, uh, Like, you know, disappearing, you know, coming in a cloud of smoke, and then, you know, just various things that he could be doing, but he's just not not that good. Yeah. He could be like, look. This Odinson's a lot to handle. I'm going to make him disappear. Now this is a handicap. Right, exactly. That's all I'm asking right. for. I'm just asking for a little bit of... I mean, if this was kayfabe and he was a shoot magician, like, yeah. He'd get rid of Kratos yeah. if he wanted to. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. He, yeah, it's... uh, But no, see, he comes out with that cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he's, you know, he's he's got like the ace of spades that he tosses into the crowd. 
I think the idea is he's like a lazy magician. Yeah, you know? oh, is he's that is that like, the is that the vibe? Yeah, I wondered if that was maybe the vibe that he was just like he's just like a sleazy street magician. Yeah, like, like just a, a sleazy like Reno, Nevada based <laughs> magician or whatever. It's just like like he he plays three card Monty, but if you find the card, he's like ah whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, here's your you money. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you got me. All right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, you know. Hack, hacking up a lung like me on this on this fucking podcast. <laughs> And he, and he just hands you his $10 bill. And he's got his babe. Uh, he was yeah. like, when are we going to make it to the big time? He's like, someday. Someday, I promise. Like, No, well, CJ, she's none the wiser. She just right. she smiles thinks, and does well, well, she thinks that he's, like, actually, like like I said, it, it's perfect. It actually works out perfectly. They should make a Hollywood movie out of this. Um, like, yeah, because he's just like, ah, someday, Toots, I'm going to buy you the big house. And she's like, oh, I can't wait, you know, as he's just slumming it and just slowly but surely, you know, working yes. his way through, you know, to Reno. And, and uh, one day I'll get to Las Vegas, I tell you. I promise, babe. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they, they do the trick where he cuts her in half, but he actually cuts her in half, and that's <laughs> right, the end of the act. Right. right. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong. I, yeah. It's just, it's just a Better Call Saul like, spinoff as well, because then he calls Saul to help him get out of it, and then it's it, perfect. It just works out perfectly. Yeah. Thought I had this all figured out. You know, get at us, get at us, AMC. We just, we just sold you another five seasons of, uh, that's of, right. of, of Better Call Saul content. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. Uh, okay, yeah, I already said that. Number three, Knox and Murdoch, which is Mike Knox and Trevor Murdoch, in case you didn't know. They uh, didn't take a whole lot of time to come up with their name. Uh, they're going to be facing the winners of – I love – this is my favorite part about the whole thing. The number 14 seed, Dak Draper and Mims. Dak Draper is your Impact Wrestling world champion, right? No. Dak Draper? Yes. No. No. You're confusing Dak Draper. Dak Draper's the guy that used to be ROH who was... Uh, oh. <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. You're right. Why did I do that? He's not Steve Macklin. Steve why, Macklin. Did I, why did I mix no. up Steve... It's been a long week. I mixed up Steve Macklin and Dak Draper. I apologize. Yes. Da- and, and Dak Draper is also a white guy. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think all white guys are the yeah, same. Sorry. Kill me. Yeah. He's, uh, he's also... He's also a white guy. He is also not a black troop, Dak Draper. He is a very tall white man. Yes, not um, Dak Draper. Now. And Mims, and Mims, uh, Magnum Muscle. Dak Draper used to date the girl that did the nerd character in ROH, but now she's with WWE. Yes, the interviewer. yes, 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 yes. What the hell's her name? Um, well, now it's like, it used to be Quinn McKay. I don't know what her NXT McKay, name is. I don't know what her NXT name is. I have no earthly Well, idea, no one so. cares what her NXT name is. <laughs> right. I think she's on Level Up. She is on she's Level like Up. A, yeah, she's the backstage announcer on Level Up, I believe, which, you know, prestigious role. Level, yeah, Level Up backstage announcer. That's like being the 20 seed in the Crockett Cup. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, what else we got here? Uh, oh, they, they're going to face the winner of the 19 seed, the Spectaculars, Brady Pierce and Rush Freeman. You you love the Spectaculars. I love the Spectaculars. Yeah, they're a fantastic ripoff. And they come out, they have the cool 80s music. They got the little bow ties. They're slapping hands. The nine women in the audience scream. It's it's great. Yeah, it's just it's just like a throwback to the old days. Just like a throwback. It's it, it, Just picture the Fantastics, right? If they sucked. That's what the Spectaculars are. So... It's it's a nice throwback to the NWA, you know, and you've got Dollar Store Fantastics in this tournament. You've got Dollar Store Doom with Blunt Force Trauma. You've got the Mortons. <laughs> right. If you just, if you just yet, close so like, your eyes, it's kind of like old school, great territory wrestling. Yeah, you, you got the Mortons, which could be like the Rock and Roll Express. You got the Midnight Riders. If you just squint and watch through your fingers, it's like you're watching the 86 Crockett Cup, really. 
yeah, the wrecking, the the, the fixers. They they got a, a classic look about them too. But uh, yeah, let, let's uh, number six, the Mortons, as you mentioned, they'll be facing the winners of Los Vipers, which is Arez and Toxin. I cannot. Could you imagine these guys sitting backstage watching the shit that's going to be going on in front of them? <laughs> Arez is gonna be like, really? <laughs> you want me to come out now? And yeah, I have to face. You know, we, uh, we have to follow Brian Brock and Magic Jake Dumas or whatever. Uh, and they're gonna be the winners of uh, Los Vipers, and then the Heat Seekers, Elliot Russell and Matt Sigmund, who I think are former NWA World Tag Team Champions during a very dark era. Should we confirm that? Uh, I will do my best to confirm that. Give me the names of one of these guys. What, Elliot uh... Russell and Matt Sigmund. Let's do Elliot Russell. That's probably the best way to uh, yeah. figure that out here. Let's let's feverishly cage match and see who comes up with it first here. He was, in fact, he's a four-time. They are four-time Whoa. NWA World Tag Team champions. <clears throat> I told you. Yeah. They, they right before um, the Bruce Tharp era, and then they they no 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 right before the I'm, I'm confused right before the uh um the uh the the lightning one era and they were one of the champions that had to like give their titles back I think was the deal there yeah because they were until 2017 let me see how they actually yeah they won the I titles they just, they, they just and them. then yeah they never they never technically lost them because the next team that won them was uh villain enterprises Brody king and, and and pco like two years later so yeah they're they're the ones that had to sacrifice it they're the right. ones when, they're when billy the bought champions. the rights they said hey send us the <laughs> here's a fedex box put the titles in them and give them back please thank you yeah because um they were actually around during i i said before when the bruce but they were around during the bruce tharp era because um they traded the titles with um Rob Conway and Matt Rivera. Riviera. Remember Matt Riviera from I'm, Arkansas? Of course I remember Matt Riviera. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that, yeah, like the Killer Elite Squad, teams like that. Like right after New Japan stopped working with the NWA, then that was like the Heat Seeker era where they were trading the NWA World Tag Titles with these teams on indie shows all over the place. And then Corgan bought it. And Lagana came in, and they asked for all the title, and they were like one of the champions that had to give up their titles when they stripped everybody, except for Tim Storm, who they brought in, and you know the rest is history. So yeah, you've got four-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, and they're the twenty-two seed. <laughs> rough, yeah, rough seeding. But what have you done you, for me Rich, lately? What have you done for me lately, Heat Seekers? That just speaks to the depth of this tag division. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. When, when the former world champ, they should put me on the pre-show. I could put, I could get all this shit over. Yeah. You know, they might, that just speaks to the depth of this tag division. When the former world tag team champions are the number 22 seeds, a team that once defeated the killer elite squad. All true. By the way, I didn't say anything that was false right there. Bring me in at Billy. You know where tell, to find tell me. Tell me when I'm telling lies. As CM Punk used to say, tell me when I'm telling <laughs> exactly. lies. Exactly. That's right. That's Yeah, you should get a payday out of the NWA too. Everybody else is. So uh, if you thought that was enough, oh, don't worry. I know both night one and night two, there are additional matchups as well in addition to the Crockett Cup. So, yeah, you're getting first round, round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals 
all in two nights of this Crockett Cup here. So night one also features, and you're going to want to make sure you're here uh, for this. We said the four-way match to uh, the play-in to determine the 24 seed. You're also going to get Hardcore Team War, Joe. Hardcore Team War. Okay? Uh, okay. Yeah, La Rosa Negra, Samantha Starr, and M95, Maddie Rankowski and Missa Kate, with Baby Doll. Yes, Baby Doll will be accompanying them to the well, ring. Baby Doll is Samantha Starr's mother. So. Yes. So Samantha Starr <laughs> is the spring of Baby Doll and Sam Houston, which means she's the niece of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. And she's the niece of Rockin' Robin and the granddaughter of Grizzly uh, Smith, uh, although she's probably disavowing yeah, that Yeah, she probably she's doesn't probably bring that one up very often when people ask. That one probably gets uh, left to yeah. the side. Uh, they'll be facing the team of Pretty Empowered, Ella Envy, Kenzie Page. All of them. Kylie Page and Roxy, all of them. Hardcore all team them. war. Have you seen the Kylie Page? Uh, I have not seen the Kylie Page. I know Kenzie Page. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Kenzie Page, so I have not seen the Kylie you like, Page. You're, you're a Pretty Empowered fan. Kylie Page is the little sister of Kenzie Page. She's like a little mini me version. They're like okay, the same I'm in. Thing. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so awesome. Like, I explained this last time. There's four of these pretty empowereds now. They're all running around all over the place. You know, they do like a mean girl gimmick. Yeah, it's yeah. like a mean yeah. girl, mm-hmm. mean girl gimmick. Yeah. So that's night one. That's night one. Oh, oh no, 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 we're not no, done no, with night no, one. No, Joe, no. For the NWA National Heavyweight title, EC3, always a highlight of all these NWA shows, EC3 defending the strap against Thrill Billy Silas Mason. They got to move this out of Thrill Billy, right? Thrill Billy's the, the man. I love Thrill Billy. He's good. You know, I got a little Thrill Billy scoop. Person who told me he's going to be mad at me, but I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, scoop away. Anyway. Scoop away. He's got a role in that Von Eric movie. You want to take a stab at it? Of who Thrill Billy Silas Mason was. Okay, did he have to change anything about his appearance, or was he just... Dude, it fucking rocks. Or was he just ready to go right away? He's Terry Gordy. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Doesn't that work? It fucking really works. Yeah, all you had to do was shave that beard, basically. He's got the hair. He's got the the girth. He's got the body, yeah. Oh, that rules, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's good casting. That's good casting. Yeah. good casting. That is pretty good casting. Hell yeah. Can't wait to watch that movie, by the way. Uh, so there you go. Thrilly, uh, si- uh, Silas Mason versus EC3. Let's hope to God uh, that he wins the heavyweight title, a national heavyweight title uh, from EC3. And then a night two, Kenzie Page. Rough go for Kenzie Page. She's got to do hardcore team war and get hit by kendo sticks and trash can lids and various other boring, you know, plunder weapons and then she's got to come night two and defend the nwa world women's television championship against the always dangerous tba tba we don't know who it's gonna be just yet so joe there's also gonna be a six-way scramble to determine the number one contender in the nwa world junior heavyweight championship all right so they need a number one contender for the nwa world junior heavyweight championship all right, well, hey listen let's go over these six men. <laughs> I'm ready. So they're bringing the, they're, they have six people from across the world coming in to get across a shot at the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship match. It we is. We hear this litany of oh, powerhouse it's, it's, juniors. It's wild. Billy, Billy has done it's, it again, I'll tell you. You know, I got to give him credit. This, those tag teams might not be too hot, but this list of assembled juniors is going to knock the uh, knock your socks off. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the bricks best of the super juniors. You know what I mean? Yeah, Owato yeah. Mania, my ass. This is, this is the real culmination of the best juniors uh, in, in the world here, uh, all vying for uh, the NWA World 
uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship, which, of course, held by, as I figure out, Kerry Morton. That's right. It's Kerry Morton, right? Before I even look at it, it's Kerry Morton. I know it's Kerry Morton. You're a disaster today, I got to tell you. <laughs> well, the end of, I wasn't planning on the NWA kicking us off right away, and I also have a lot of cough uh, medicine in me. Uh, participants for the six-way scramble are TBA, 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 and TBA. We don't know. Hey, listen, nothing wrong with a little mystery vortex. <laughs> mystery is fine, too. Right. I like the nothing. idea. Mystery, you're, you, now you're going to be with bated breath waiting to see who comes out. You know? That's now the True. thing. Like, it's one thing to say, hey, here are six of the best juniors in the world, and then you know, okay. It's also cool, too, to be sitting down and be like, oh, who's who, who next? Who next is coming through this curtain? So, I, I you know, I feel could, him on that could, one. Listen, could be anyone back there. Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Hiromu's in Dragon Gate. I mean, who, who, who's to say it can be? In in the NWA, you have no idea, right? Maybe a La Sombra. You never know who's back there. It could be. Uh, oh, know, is that, oh, name, La Sombra name, getting back into ring shape. You're right. That's a great idea. Name a great junior from yeah. across this globe. Uh, Mark Rollerball Rocco. You, you never know who's going to come out. <laughs> Mr. Electricity Steve Regal. Okay. You, you never know. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, you know. Um, what's Haro Inoue? What's he been up to lately? <laughs> Hopefully nothing. So. Right. He's about the level of junior that I would expect for uh, for, for this Mataro uh, in a way. Oh God! Come on. Are there there? There's like uh, like. Did he ever get like? Oh, he's actually good people or no? Or did everybody yeah, think I he stunk? I, I I was one of them. Really? One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he wasn't though, right? Nah, not really. <laughs> no one's really. No one's. No one's revisiting his shit. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't really I, that good. What was his nickname? Like High Voltage or something? What was his? Uh, <laughs> Mister Electricity. Was that, I don't know what it was. It was something that totally did not describe. Did not his describe style. what was, um, <laughs> what he was at all. High, high, high intensity or what the fuck? Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. I, I don't remember. Uh, um, nickname. Trying to find this. <laughs> Please, this is of the utmost importance. Wikipedia doesn't have it. Hold on. <laughs> Let me try another source, Rich. Uh, Z in the uh, note-up chat room says that Kenzie Page still doesn't have her title belt, by the way. It's apparently still being designed. Is no, that true? Still, that that can't fact, be true. Yeah. What? We, no, it's true. Yeah. We we have another NWA fan in the in the, in the yeah, we do. Um Rich, what if I were to tell you that Wataro Inoue is not even yet 50? I believe that. I believe that for sure. Because I remember at yeah. one time watching him wrestle. I'm like, oh, God, this guy's got to be like 48. And he was like 37 or something. I was like, oh, God. So uh, he is Mr. High Tension. Mr. High Tension. Mr. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dragon Soldier B, I think, is. Uh... He's Sue Williams sure. just said, yeah, what was Kendo Caution's name when he won that disastrous ROH Super Junior tournament? Yeah. yeah. Dragon, Dragon Soldier, Soldier B. B. Maybe he can bring Dragon Soldier 1 with him this time. <laughs> Notice I didn't say A. Because yeah. it would be better if it's Dragon Soldier 1 and Dragon Soldier B. <laughs> yes. Now, if Billy had any sense of humor, he would book Dragon Soldier 1 for his... Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be so on the nose and like 17 people would get it, but it would roll. We'd all love it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, a uh, singles match for the NBA World Women's title... Uh, Camille's got a work cut out for her this time. Uh, she's going to be defending the title against Natalia Markova. Did you see Camille's quote today? I did not. 
They're the, all the stars of the NWA are doing media this week, of course. Mm-hmm. She says she disagrees that you are not a wrestling fan if you don't enjoy watching Tyrus bring the heat. She disagrees with that. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> a little dissension well, in the I was ranks say, here. A little tension in the ranks there. Yeah, that's that's. Well, Camille Brickhouse. Um, yeah, she's not happy. Mrs. High Tension, Camille Brickhouse. <laughs> not true uh all right that is the nwa crockett cup available on voices of wrestling.com slash fight uh this weekend uh make sure you buy the package june 3rd and june 4th to make sure you don't miss a second of the jim crockett senior sixth annual jim crockett senior memorial cup tag team tournament oh dear god all right uh that's so the rest of the show by the way we are gonna get to uh uh, the NW, uh, NXT Battleground. We're going to talk about NXT Battleground, a very interesting show, a very well-rated show on the cage match, so much so uh, the cage match may have officially changed the way that they do ratings forever because of it. So we'll talk uh, on that a little bit. WWE Night of Champions. Oh, my God, Joe, you're not going to believe it. The Bloodline. Things are not going well for the Bloodline. Oh, dear God, I cannot wait to break this down. Best of the Super Juniors, the finals. Master Watto is your best of the Super Junior champion. We'll talk about his match uh, with Teton as well as some other stuff throughout the best of the Super Juniors. I will preview Dominion. Uh, that's coming up this weekend as well. Dominion 6-4 uh, in Osaka, Joe Hall. Uh, and then uh, we are going to start the show off, though, with a little bit of... Uh, let's talk some CM Punk here, uh, as well as AEW Collision. Uh, CM Punk's back, officially, on Dynamite this week. Tony Khan made it official. CM Punk will return to AEW on the June 17th AEW Collision debut in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Now, obviously, the the most obvious reason for this was is as of May 31st, ahead of the announcement of whatever was going to happen on Dynamite, which most of us probably assumed was going to be the official announcement that Punk was coming back, uh, the current setup for AEW Collision in the United Center, they were going to put 8,698 people in the United Center. They had sold 6,921 and still had 1,777 tickets remaining per WrestleTix. I feel like I'm getting arrested here. Uh, per WrestleTix. That was before the official announcement about CM Punk. Now, Joe, before we get into what has kind of changed about the seating uh, arrangements and what Punk's announcement has done for the seating of uh, Collision, do you think that was, I mean, that was pretty clearly the reason why they did this, right? The ticket sales weren't maybe as good as they thought, and they said, all right, Surprise is one thing, but maybe we got to actually let people know that you're coming for this thing. And clearly, Punk- uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything. I suspect, though, that that's the reason. Not even so much for Chicago, but the other dates, which were looking very weak. Yeah. I mean, th- some of those Canada dates were under 1,000. I mean, you know, so I think that probably, you know, who knows? But it, it sure seems like that would be a reason that would make sense to finally just announce them instead of just doing this whole second coming thing and trying to repeat his original debut. But, uh, you know, now we see, and they opened up a bunch of sections after they announced him. So, um, it's like I said, next week, I'm not going to make any kind of judgments on his drawing power until he's announced. And I see what happens in the, in, you know, the coming weeks after that. So now we see now the rubber meets the road. Now we see if punk, can still move some tickets, right? We're going to find out real fast. We are. And when the show starts, we see if Punk can still produce some television ratings, which will be a little trickier to to unwrap because 
what are the expectations for this show? None of us really know. There hasn't been primetime Saturday wrestling on a major scale, like, ever, right? I mean, even when you look at, um, you know, the old WCW Saturday night, that that wasn't primetime. So, and it was so many years ago that you can't really get a decent comp out of that either. So, Saturday you know, we'll night's main event, maybe, but I, yeah, that, that's. And again, that's at not in prime time. Right. I mean, a couple of the, but, and, and the few that they did do, I think, in prime time on NBC years later, again, it totally, you know, you're talking network TV and you're talking decades ago. And, um, you know, I just, I, you know, no one really knows what these, you know, what, what to predict. I mean, I would say like around 0.15, maybe, you know, the settle point, the early ones will do better. Now we know that um, Dynamite was moved to Saturday a couple of times, but it hasn't been for a while, you know, and and the television landscape has changed slightly since then. And they were doing over 0.2. So I think the show has the ability to do in the 0.2s, but, you know, low 0.2s, 0.21, 0.22, somewhere in that neighborhood. So maybe it'll start. You know, maybe the Punk debut, if, if they announce a big match. And I've heard a couple of the match ideas kicked around. Um, one of them being uh, Punk versus Jay White is one that I've heard kicked around for episode one. Which, if you know, now with Jay White feuding with FTR, you can kind of see it trending that way possibly. But, um, you know, maybe they come out of the gate with, a, with something super strong out of the curiosity to see Punk come back and the debut of the show and do like a point three or something. But Dynamite rarely does a point three these days. You know, Dynamite did almost a million viewers this week and did a what they do a point two eight. Right, they fell. In, they fell in the demo. They 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 creeped up to almost a million total viewers and then fell in the demo slightly. So yeah, it, it's it's a tough number. That's a tough number, uh, especially with with whatever competition you're going to have. And just a tough number uh, when you're talking about Saturdays too. I mean that 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 is. It's a weird. I, I am fascinated to see what a, what a show on this scale. Like you said, they're gonna they're going for this thing. They are really trying to make this a big deal. And yeah, the, the first one, the, the debut show. Who knows? It's it's Punk coming back. It's at the United. I, I think that's got all the the makings of being very similar to the Rampage debut, which which obviously did in, incredible numbers. And you know, was kind of judged. You know, Rampage was unfairly judged on that number the rest of its life, and and still today. I don't know if it is today anymore. I think people have kind of given up on on Rampage mostly. But uh, Collision is going to be yeah Saturday night's a really 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 weird night to have major wrestling on and major and important wrestling on. And and I don't. I don't know. I, I honestly, it's like one of these things that I don't know that I have any good idea of what the hell it's going to do numbers wise. I, I I don't know what I would even be surprised by. I don't know what I would be guessing, even if I said like I have no idea what it's going to do when it settles I, in. Like I, week again, two, like week two, I have no earthly idea what that thing's going to be. Yeah, I mean, before knowing anything other than Punk being there, I'll just throw out you know based on what Dynamite's doing. I think week one will do a big number because I think that's when, you know, most shows debut, you know, with the biggest number they're ever going to do. Um, plus Punk's coming back, plus curiosity what the show's going to look like. Let's say point two eight for the debut. And then that'll be the number that the show is compared to for eternity by all the bad faith people who don't understand TV. You know, two years later when the show's doing point one sixes and living a nice life on Saturday nights, you'll have people saying, ah, they, they dropped half their audience, you know, but, but so, so get ready for that. Whatever it debuts at is the, is going to be the number that it's compared to for the rest of his existence, just like rampage was, but, uh, and, and dynamite. Um, but, uh, 
And then I think the settle point will be in the, you know, the, the teens somewhere, 0. 0.15, 0. 0.16, 0.17. And they're going to get slaughtered some weeks when there's major college football games and when there's NFL games, you know, those late season Saturday NFL games and the NFL playoff games on Saturday night. Well, they, you could just forget oh, it. They yeah. may as well not even run. Don't <laughs> right. even run. Don't even, like, yeah, put don't on even a best of. Yeah, clip show. I was going to say, just do a clip show that week. Yeah. But uh, an old school sitcom style where, um, ha, do you remember that time that yeah. we got locked in a freezer? And then Right, right. Do that kind of clip show. You know, have Tony Schiavone and Taz out there. And have uh, Taz, hey, remember that time I was managing Team Taz? And then, you know, show a fucking Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs tag team match or something. Right? Just don't even bother trying. But, uh, yeah, Punk's back. And I'm real curious now what the ticket movement's going to look like. You know, I don't think anyone was expecting, you know, first dance level you know, sell it out in five minutes. I mean, because you can only do the return once to pro wrestling. But um, I thought the response that Tony Khan's announcement got on Dynamite was very encouraging. I mean, half the place went fucking bananas and bonkers over hearing the name CM Punk. And they, and, and the other people were booing very loudly and, and viciously. Everyone in that building cared. Right. Oh, there yeah. There was yeah. no one in that building who didn't care. You know, even these elite fans, these these tribalistic elite hardcore, you know, freakazoids, they're not going to not care about punk. They're going to hate him. You know, they're going to hate him a lot. Uh, so it's not like no one's going to not care about punk. And I think in each city, you're going to get different ratio of reactions to him in terms of booze and cheers. And um, eventually, they're going to he's going to go heel, I think. But that the the word this week was that they're going to do it later rather than sooner because they feel like they're going to need them to sell some of these tickets, which speaks to your point earlier that maybe they announced them this week because they were a little nervous about the ticket sales. Right. And I, I think you the know, point that you changed course also. So sorry. Now the, the point that you brought up at the beginning, I think, is actually to me what, what I think was even more poignant about announcing him and it wasn't because of the chicago show the chicago show yeah it, it, enough people were probably buying tickets knowing that he was going to be there but i think what, what what we found out today is by announcing that punk was going to be on this show yes you're going to sell some additional tickets you're going to be able to open up the united center a little bit more we'll talk about that in a sec but now you've opened up a lot of this other and i'm very curious to see what the other towns do because now it's like oh okay this is a pretty big deal now this show this show actually has some muscle behind it this show has yeah. a little bit whereas like i think that they found out that a lot of people didn't know what the fuck collision was and weren't sure why they were buying tickets to it because then we saw like the greensboro coliseum i believe it was straight up just tweeted a picture of CM Punk and said collision coming to Greensboro or whatever. And that they can now use that as their muscle to say, hey, CM Punk's coming to our town. CM Punk and all these other arenas and all these other towns are now going to use that to help promote themselves. So while this idea of holding them off for the surprise of Chicago was maybe whether it was Punk's idea or 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 Khan's idea, most likely Punk's idea. We we knew that a couple weeks ago when he told them to, you know, Get, hey, get my name off of all this stuff. Or like you said, whether that was an internal decision or they agreed or whatever, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Regardless, all that was well and good for the Chicago show, but then when you see the numbers for all these other collisions, it's like, okay, no, we got a big star. We got to promote this guy. We got to sell some fucking tickets here. It was a nice little luxury that for the first dance, you didn't have to do that, that everybody knew. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Go buy your tickets. We all know what's going to happen here. That wasn't happening with this collision. It wasn't... It, 
it was doing okay in the United Center, and it's going to obviously do better in the United Center now, but those other towns as well, they didn't get the idea. They weren't as online to figure out that Collision's the punk show. You know what I mean? They just thought Collision was Collision. Yeah. Now they know Collision's the punk show. That might make people think. Or they just think, well, that's a must-be-an-important show if they're going to debut CM Punk on there, re-debut CM Punk. Like, even if you're not a fully known fan that knows that this is the punk show or whatever, you know that CM Punk is going to be on the Chicago Collision. He's going to be on the Greensboro Collision. Eh, there's a pretty good chance he'll be on this collision in, in my town in, in, in Regina or Hamilton or whatever. So it makes all the sense in the world to just advertise him and just get that, you know, just move it. Just just do it. The, the Chicago show is going to do fine. I mean, they had 7,000 tickets sold before they announced Punk. The Chicago show is probably going to sell more tickets than Double or Nothing did. Or at least be close. They're going to do a nice house in Chicago. Yeah, they have right now. I really don't think- so let, let's update the Chicago stuff right now. So while we're doing that, uh, 500 tickets moved since last night's announcement. This is, again, from WrestleTix. Uh, so they moved 500 tickets, 500 plus, since he got announced. Then They're at like 7,500. Yeah, yeah. And then this, uh, this, this about six hours ago, six or seven hours ago, they released a whole new map with five upper deck uh, sections reemerged, uh, two new 200 levels, and some random seats uh, in limited view sections also available. So now the current setup with the amount of tickets being sold is 10,233. So again, if you're remembering, the current setup before was going to be 8,698 8, was what they were going for before. Yeah. Now they've announced Punk. They've owned it up to 10,233, and they only need to sell 2,549 more to get there. Yeah, they're probably going to get there. They're probably going to do about 10,000, which will put them in the same neighborhood as Double or Nothing. Because Double or Nothing, I think... They didn't have about 2,000 comps. They comped the shit out of that show. But um, fact check me on that if you can. I, 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 I think it had like 1,500 or 2,000 comps. I, I thought the word but, I, um, I heard was 2,000, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the point here is I don't think they're worried about the Chicago show. That's the one everybody's focusing on. But I think it's these other cities that really were doing – the ones we talked about last week that were doing very poorly – Chicago is going to do one of their better houses of the year for TV. How many TV houses are they going to have that does that that do about ten thousand sold? Not many at all. Um, they just had a pay per view that had the fight scratch and crawl to ten thousand sold. So Chicago's not the issue. It's these other buildings that are the issue here. So uh, we see as they start announcing matches and and things for the for the show. If if you know, we will see how quickly or not quickly these tickets move. And if they don't move, well, then, you know, like I said, we're going to find out real fast what kind of a ticket mover, how much punk fatigue AEW fans have, all of those things. We're going to find out very quickly over the next week or so. That's going to be fascinating. This is this is one of the more fascinating stories in in in, in wrestling, I think, from a business aspect. Because you got, like, one of the top stars and, and draws in current wrestling has been kind of sequestered over to a Saturday night show that might not do great in terms of ticket sales, might not do great in terms of ratings, or it might, it's just, to me, it's fascinating. It, it, it's, it's just, I, I, I cannot wait to see how this all goes. I, I just, I, I cannot wait to see how the rating is, how the tickets move. It's going to tell us a lot about a lot of things. And I think it's, it's, and I talked about it last week. I think it's probably going to be a potential point of contention as well with, you know, for, for many people, if this thing doesn't do very well and how, you know, likely is, is punk or how cool is punk going to be, you know, working in front of 2000 people in, in, you know, Hamilton, Ontario for a show that's getting watched by 300,000 people. Like how, how cool that is. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. How cool is AEW with, with doing all this work to get CM Punk and it's, it's, you know, 
resulting in you know meager houses or whatever. I I I don't know. I don't know. Or it's like it's going to change everything. And it's going to be great and it's going to be perfect and it's going to be obvious that he's still a huge star. I don't know. It's we're going to find out, like you said, uh, in the next couple of weeks. And I'm I'm just fascinated to see how it all how it all plays out. Yeah, someone in the chat room was asking if Punk is going to wrestle or just cut another promo. All of the pitches that I've seen for the collision in Chicago ha- involve him wrestling. Wow. Okay. Does does that mean he's going to wrestle? I don't look. I've I've seen multiple pitches, and it's not like I don't I don't know for a fact whether any of them are set in stone. And I mentioned the one that I saw. Um, the, the last one I saw involved was involved the Jay White uh, match. So you know, I don't know. I, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's only what 16 days away. It's like a little over two weeks away. You would think that you'd want to have whatever you're going to do set in stone and be building towards it at this point. And, um, I do think though, Jay white being involved in a program with FTR now, and what looks, it looks like they're finally blowing off Jay white, Ricky Starks on Wednesday and then moving Jay white, and Juice Robinson into something with FTR, which would obviously nudge you in the direction of Jay White working with Punk, which right. is something I've been hearing for the last two weeks. The last two weeks, I've been hearing that Punk is going to work with Jay White right out of the gate, you know, with some Samoa Joe involvement too. So, I don't know. We'll see if that's what ends up happening. But um, that 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 stuff has definitely been pitched. Uh, anything else on uh, Punk or Collision before we? Uh... Do a little uh, double or nothing discussion. Quick, quick double or nothing discussion. Anything else on uh, on Punk or uh, Collision? No, just that. The, the only other thing is Brian Danielson is someone who's picking up a lot of power in that company. That's something that should be noted. He is becoming a real power player behind the scenes. Um, and that, that's that been something that's been happening over a number of months, but it's really been picking up lately. Um, you know, he's he's got a big hand in the Saturday creative, and um, he was one of the people who... I was told it's kind of been like, let maybe hold off on, on, you know, doing a punk turn. He's going to look, punk's going to get booed in some of these buildings, but in terms of doing the full turn, because the, with the idea being maybe we need him to sell some tickets. And if we just do a full turn, maybe it'll hurt that. Um, and he's, and he's got a big hand in, in the uh, creative as well. And he's, he's a major voice behind the scenes. And if you think about it, it's, it's actually, whether it's intentional or not, I think it's pretty smart to surround CM Punk with people like Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe on the Saturday show, because those are people he respects. Right. And they're not just people he respects. They're adults in the room. Right. Right. They're guys that that rarely have any agendas, rarely are in any of this bullshit. They're just problems. They just come to work. They're veterans. They're adults in the room. And on top of that, there's someone that they're people that he respects. Right. And and he's known them for 20 years, you know, and and and, right. and has worked with them for twenty plus years. I don't know. And they're not going to be afraid to tell him things he doesn't want to hear. You know, in theory. So I, I think that's whether by design or not is something that's smart and is going to work out. So there you go. That is uh, the announcement of CM Punk officially back. And uh, we'll obviously keep an eye on those collision ticket sales. Maybe next week uh, update you guys on on how some of the stuff has has played out uh, since this announcement. So uh, real quickly. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit on Double or Nothing. So now we covered the entire show, entire Double or Nothing show on Sunday night. 
on Instant Reaction Live. You can listen to that right now at flagshippatreon.com. Uh, it's on our $10 tier, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling uh, as well, if you want to do it there. That is on our $10 tier. Instant Reaction Live, about two hours uh, covering the entire show. A very uh, mixed <laughs> review uh, from us. Obviously, had two great, great matches. Uh, the rest of the show, eh, mostly kind of meh to, to downright bad uh, in some cases. The Battle Royal was was good, too. I, I, I felt like when I... A couple of times I was saying, like, the first half of the show was terrible, and people were like, well, you said the Battle Royal was good. And yeah, the Battle Royal was good, but then it was followed by, like, what felt like two hours of, of, of pretty terrible stuff after that. But Well, they got you, Rich. You said yeah. the Battle Royal was oh, good. Oh, man, yeah, Battle yeah, Royal was good. You, I, I did say it. I did say it. I liked it. But, yeah, the next two hours fucking stunk, so <laughs> that that I will not take back. Uh, but, yeah, the last two matches, you know, I don't know if it saved the show, but it definitely uh, helped the show uh, from becoming just an absolute train wreck to just being, you know, a bottom end. Uh, AEW pay-per-view, which is, you know, still okay, but yeah, we expect a little bit better uh, out of this company, but uh, anything else that you wanted to touch on with uh, Double or Nothing or any of uh, the fallout uh, from the show, any of the feedback from the show that uh, that you've uh, picked up on? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it settled at a 6.59 on the old cage match, so most people agree it was a very middling pay-per-view, especially by AEW standards. Um did you see Cage Match is changing their policy a little with their ratings? Yeah, their, I, I was uh, going to use that. Let's talk about that when we get to Battleground. Okay, I think we'll that's, hold off on that. Yeah, I think that because so, I think that's the show, and there's a particular match there where I think they've decided, okay, we're, we've we got to fix this a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down with that, so we'll we'll hold on there. Let's uh, some of the scrum notes from Tony. Let's do that quickly. So. Uh, because we're always going live while the scrum is going live. So we don't ever really get a chance to break down uh, Tony's comments. So in terms of all in and the distribution, uh, he said he still says he can't answer it. But the big key is he did say all in will be available for everyone to watch live somehow. So that answers that question. Now, is it going to be some kind of uh, WBD exclusive on Max maybe or is it going to air on delay on TBS or, or T- TNT, or is it going to be just a straight-up pay-per-view? I don't know. But he did assure everyone that it will be available for everyone to watch live somehow. So uh, there you go with that. Um, Meltzer asked about the new TV deal with Collision and whether it's concurrent with the current deal. And um, Tony says, the length of the deal is the same and matches up with the rest of the television deal. He did not say whether WBD picked up the option year. Remember, there's an option year at the end of 2023 that can take them through 2024, and that's a a a uh, a WBD option, okay? That he didn't say. He just said the, the collision deal is the same term as the rest of the television deal, so it's going to either be through 2023 or if the option is picked up or has been picked up through 2024. But he did say that they're getting a significant more uh, amount of money with the addition of Collision. So we didn't really get a ton of new information or a ton of clarity. We got some clarity. So we're all still waiting around to see what the new TV deal is. So um, can you think of anything else from the scrum that would have been... Nothing that really. I know the people. Exact always... quote, by the way, with the money for collision, I it was uh, 
Tony said they're being paid extra for collision, and the quote was, and paid very well. Right, so right, right. Which quote. which I guess we, we – we, I don't have this in our notes, but I know that some people have, have – kind of gone with the cause, so the MLW WWE lawsuit that we have kind of kept you guys abreast of uh, which I guess we should have put in the notes but uh, there's been a lot this week so maybe we'll get to it next week or whatever um, WWE lays out that well AEW was receiving what was it 249 they I think it said that the AEW just recently upgraded to 248 million dollars per year or something like that I forget if that's the exact figure that they use but just kind of paraphrasing to kind of say oh hey MLW you know there's not a monopoly on wrestling because look, this company just got 248 million or whatever uh, in, in in new TV money or whatever, and most people have kind of fought back on that number, saying that that's not actually the real number, that they're not sure where that number came from, or that it was just a number that they were using that people were spitballing because that's been happening a lot with the last month or so. Is that because AEW isn't going to? And we say this all the time: if you're not going to give anybody any information. People are going to run with whatever the fuck that they hear or whatever gets rumored or whatever gets bandied about or whatever. So people have kind of traced that WWE number to Wade Keller at one point was speculating, oh, maybe they get somewhere around 240. And that became the number. And then Ryan Frederick said a number. And then that became a number. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always these random numbers that, that, that are, are, are rumors. The Wade, the, the Wade Keller number, Wade, Wade was forwarding the rumor that we forwarded from the observer board, from the right. Ryan Frederick. So that, that- – that's what that was. But anyway, go ahead. Right, right. And and it's, it was just in a lawsuit. You know what I mean? Like, so that people are like, oh, that's all they're getting for. It's like, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> like that, we don't know that that's the number yet. But like you always say, it, if, 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 for lack of a better term, if these wrestling companies aren't going to control their narrative, you know what I mean? Like, then, the, then they're just going to, people are just going to run with whatever. So AEW can nip that in the bud by just saying, here's the number. You know what I mean? And then the, then we're done. I mean, there's no more random discussions about this. There's no more abandoning about it. But they're not going to do that because that's just not the way they operate. So they just let you know wild shit go being said about their company left and right because, you know, just, I don't know, just tell us something. <laughs> tell us some information and then you'll we'll have the truth out there. It seems seems like that would work better. But anyway, you could just be uh, close-minded and, you know, tight-lipped well, and that's fine. About, the, the thing about it is... Tony is being very deferential and very careful with WBD. He never, ever, ever steps on their toes. So if they don't want that number out there, it's not going to come out from his side. Sure. Okay. He could have shopped ROH around. Legally, he could have done that. He didn't. They passed on it, and he put it on his own outlet because he did not want to step on their toes and compete with them. When legally, he could have shopped that show around and probably gotten a deal somewhere to get it on TV. But he chose not to do that. And they're very obviously telling him not to talk about this deal because they're not talking about the deal. Okay. And he's not doing it. And, you know, this isn't like a sports league, like the NBA or Major League Baseball when there's a new deal and there's like a hundred different people who are going to be privy to the details on both sides and someone's going to leak it to somebody. There's like two people in AEW, three people who might know the the details of this deal. So if they leak it, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is going to know where it came. It's know it's going to come from their side. If they're not the ones talking, they're going to know that. You know, who's who knows my deal? Tony, Omega, and and uh, and and Mookie. Who else would know about the deal? I mean, no, no one else would even know about it. It's, it's it's a relatively small company. So, I think that's why it hasn't come out yet. Now they're a publicly traded company. I think if people sift through their paperwork next quarter, they might be able to figure it out. But if WBD doesn't want it out there. And Tony is being respectful of that and not leaking it. It's going to be a while before we ever find out what the deal is. 
No, I, I get that. It's just I, I don't know. There's just so much misinformation and 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 wild shit that gets reported about and yeah. and, and bandied yeah. about about AEW that it would just annoy me. I would just want to maybe correct a lot of those by just telling people what's going on but that's just never and it's not just this tv deal it's a lot of different things that go on in that company but they they, they remain tight-lipped and i get it i understand it but but i do this is why sports organizations and movie studios and video game companies and all these just give because if you just go out there and tell people what the truth is then people don't run with random rumors and shit you know well this is a larger conversation about the culture and wrestling and their relationship with the media okay all anybody in wrestling does is complain about how unprofessional and shitty the wrestling media is. Right. And you know what? They're right. But here's the thing. They can put a stop to that. If we got out of 1950s style kayfabe, and if we evolved the culture of wrestling uh, into the modern era, and if the power brokers in wrestling and the people involved in wrestling said, look, we're just going to have uh, uh, an open conversations with responsible journalists and reporters and websites, the ones we respect, the ones that we know do a nice job, the ones we know have people with a brain, you know, a brain in their heads and on their shoulders doing the job and who aren't going to screw us over. And they had open dialogues with those people and put their names on shit every now and then. You know what that would do, Rich? It would eliminate all of the bullshit garbage wrestling media that's out there. They would no longer have a space because the consumer would know that they're getting good, real and reliable information direct from the source. Like we do in all of these other, like we do in sports and we do in entertainment where it's very easy to ignore some blog that was started, uh, you know, uh, your zero news of the world. And I know we have a policy where we don't name these idiots, Where it's easy in those other mediums to ignore outlets like that because we know that there are reliable outlets who are getting real news from the surf. But wrestling never evolves out of the 1950s and that style of kayfabe. So that's what gives these shitty sites and these fake reporters and people who make up news room to fester and grow. Right, and people because, want information. People want news. They want figure. If they're passionate about your thing, they want to consume things about your thing. They want to consume information, news, rumors, all that sort of stuff. And and all you do is, like you said, you let these 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 companies and, and these websites and these blogs fester and fe- because yeah, they're just uh, unchecked, pretty much. Of just you know, hey, make shit up, go nuts about rumors. Don't understand what what's a rumor and what's being reported. Don't understand what's a real scoop and what's a. Re- I mean, and that's yeah, it's it, it's people want your information. Why, why why wouldn't you want to give, like you said, good sources a steady stream of correct information to set this record straight, to have better perception, to have better understanding of what's going on. We just play yeah, this game of telephone don't. every week. Every week we play this nonstop game of telephone about everything with this company, everything. And a lot of the responsible media spends half their time debunking bullshit from right, the garbage exactly. media. Right, exactly. It's a waste of from all of people our time. Who, because these, these, the garbage media know that there's, there's a slice of the market that they can carve out if they're, if they're good enough guessers or whatever or, or if they could just make shit up where, where they can steal money from the consumer. And, and, and the reason that there's room for those kind of people to exist in the in the wrestling media space is because the people, the power brokers in wrestling won't work with the responsible reporters. They can put a stop to that shit instantly. But 
it's almost like they don't care enough. But if that's the case, then don't complain. You can't have it both right. ways. Right, uh, you can't I have know, it both ways. And I know AEW just had a big talent meeting, and they talked about, you know, they, they finally acknowledged. They said, look, we know that you guys talk to the dirt sheets. And you know what? Maybe stop using that term, too. You know, maybe, maybe stop, you know. But that's another comment. You know, we know that you guys do this, but please understand what off the record means and please use that judiciously and understand what you're telling these people and, and keep certain things off the record. And wouldn't you fucking know it a week later, I got an unsolicited message from somebody who works for that company. And before the message, it said, uh, I could actually read it to you directly. It said, uh, here, let me put, give me one second to pull this up. The very first line in this message was off the record, please. And then we had our conversation and and the person said what they wanted to say to me. And it's like, um, you know, and this is a, a, a nice person who I converse with now and then. And we, you know, but the point here is, uh, is that a step in the right direction where they're acknowledging, hey, look, we know you're talking to these people, but know when to keep it off the record. And no one to keep it on. I, I guess, but why can't? So it's the same thing. That's kind of the same thing anyway. It was just the same thing that they were yeah. doing anyway. Now they're just making it more official. Now they're just warning you. And like months and months ago, um, you know, there was that whole thing where Brian, they had a talent meeting, and Brian Danielson was telling everybody that if you talk to the dirt sheets, we're going to sniff you out and figure out who you are, and we're going to put a stop to this shit. And there was that whole thing where he like subscribed to one of the very popular news sites, a reliable one, didn't even bother using a burner because he was watching their news stories and then they were trying to do detective work and figure <laughs> out who was leaking shit. That's a real thing that happens. Yeah. You know? And it's like, why can't we all just be normal and have a normal... Why can't these wrestling companies just have normal relationships with the media? And yeah, that doesn't mean full disclosure on everything, but it means... Not leaving people on fucking red when they ask you a reasonable question. Or, or it means, you know, um, just putting your name on, on something now. Why? It's just this culture of being a closed society. And it's bad for them. And it's bad for us. And it gives room for the bullshitters to have an opportunity and, and space and room to thrive. You could snuff that out those flames tomorrow if you wanted to. But at this point... WWE is such a, a conglomerate, and so it doesn't matter to them anymore. So it's not going to happen from their from their standpoint. And you know, AEW still wants to be. You know, they can have all their media scrums and press and press calls all they want. But when half the answers are I can't answer that or talk about that, thank you for the question. It's a great question, though. Then what's the point? Right. What are we doing? Yeah. Then what's the point? Okay. Um, you know, so, yeah, so to, to, it's a long-winded answer to, to the question you asked. I don't know why. I, it, it's just how wrestling is. It's ingrained in the culture. And unfortunately, I don't see it changing. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle. Then, you know, somebody like Joe Lanza, just trying to make a living and put some fucking food on the table, gets a little scooparoo. And puts it out there, and maybe it's not 100% accurate. And then I got 
people who run these companies in my DMs yelling at me saying, you know, why isn't this accurate? You should have come to me. And I'm like, I come to you and you leave me on Red <laughs> right. So it's a That's not the circle. full story. That's not the full story. Okay, what's the full yeah, story? I can't I, tell you. Okay, then what do I do? When I come to you for the full story, you don't answer me. And it's right. like that's the game that we play. Rich, you you are well versed oh, in it. I'm well versed in it too. Yeah. Like you said, it's one thing if we're gonna be this closed society and nothing's gonna get out. But the problem is if you want to do that, that's fine. Do that. They did that for years. But now, if we're going to be online all the time and complaining about, oh, that's not the real no- story. Nobody knows the real story. That's not the truth. Oh, you guys are here are not. Well, that fix that. Like if yeah, we always laugh about Carl Fredericks, where where he had that tweet and said, oh, people reporting stuff and they don't know the whole story. And you were like, DJ Carl, I DM'd you. Give me the story, buddy. I'll set the record yeah, straight. I guess we're just, I guess we're just shooting with the names ah, now. But yes, that was Carl yeah. Fredericks. I, I, I went to him politely to clarify something and he gets mad at me. And then he subtweets me five minutes later and says, the tweets are probably still there. Why? Why? Oh, people want to talk about my career without coming to me directly. Dude, I came to you directly. <laughs> I, I literally now. came to you. And, and here's the thing. If you don't want to talk to me and you want to tell me to buzz off, that's fine. But don't subtweet me. Five right. That, that's later. all I'm saying. That's all, you can't complain. You can't. If you want to be the closest knit society and no information gets out and everything stays here, even though everything gets out and whatever, that's fine. But then you cannot also be the oh nobody knows the real story. Ah, oh, these journalists are bullshit. Ah, oh, the dirt sheets. Okay, <laughs> you can't have it both ways. Then you can fix all of that by just being transparent, or you can just ignore it all and just keep doing your, your, your thing. And that's fine. If they want to ignore it all and keep doing their thing, I am perfectly fine with that. I, I fully understand what this business is. I fully get it. You cannot, though, bitch and moan and cry and complain about dirt sheets and bad news and fake news, and that's not the whole story, but then also not. You know what I mean? Like, that's where... It's not even just fake news whole story. He literally said... No one comes to me. <laughs> well, that that, that was a particularly dumb example. I'm using a more globalized example. That was a particularly dumb example. Yeah. And, and again, if you're someone who just doesn't want to talk to the media, I get it. I don't think that none. Of, I don't think any of these people are obligated to talk. No. To the media oh God, no. Want to God, no. You know, but and if he would have just politely declined and told me to buzz off, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. But I was really ticked off by those tweets where you know he didn't name us directly, but. It was like, I was like, dude, I was insulted. I'm like, you, I just did come to you. I did exactly what you're saying we don't do. You know? And and look, I also understand from the wrestler's point of view. You know all these goofy podcasts and websites they deal with on a daily basis? Trying to get them to come on their stupid podcast that nine people listen to and people digging for fucking scoops all the time. I, I get it. I know that's exhausting. I understand. Okay? But it's like, <laughs> on the same token, like you said, you can't have it both ways. We either have to change this all together or we can keep things like they were in the 70s. That, you know, that's up to them. It's not up to us. You know, and I'm not even saying I have to talk to Joe Lanza and Rich Grage. They can pick whoever they want. But I think there needs to be more of an open dialogue and there needs to be more names on shit. Okay, and I know there's not always names on shit like in real sports. There's all kinds of anonymous sources. We all know that. But sometimes there is names on shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and every and every now and then it'd be nice to get a a, a quote from one of these people where I can put their name on it. You know why that would be nice? Because then that gives the media outlets who have names on shit some credibility. And then you know what that does? It snuffs out the shitty bullshit garbage wrestling media 
because they can't get their names on anything. And, and, and that's why I say that. That's why I say every now and then, give me something with a name on it. It's not going to kill you to throw a morsel. You know, let's let's wash each other's backs here. You give me a morsel that makes me happy, that makes my uh, audience happy. You get your version of the story out there, and we all win. And you know who loses? Fucking ringside news and all these other places, because you won't deal with them because they're shit. But is that ever going to happen? It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And this was a new company with a chance to kind of change that. And they, they chose to, they're choosing to do things the old way. So I don't know when it can change. This should have been the purveyor of change, but it hasn't been, you know? So I don't know that, that, that was a rant. I didn't have planned for today. A completely unexpected one, but there we go. Or a conversation we plan to have today, but it's something I've been thinking about it. And, you know, it's what are you going to do? It's still going to be cloak and dagger. It's still going to be, even when it comes to people like Meltzer and Sapp and Johnson, it's still going to be a source says a, a close source. We have learned all this cloak and dagger shit. It, it, it And it, it can't change because of the culture of it all. It's too deeply ingrained at this point. And, you know, that's why the vicious circle is going to continue to exist. There we go. All right. Yeah, not a direction we thought uh, we were going to go. So uh, anything else on the uh, Double or Nothing uh, scrum or or fallout from the show? Uh, Khan said that they were a little over 65,000 tickets sold for All In with a little over $8 million gate. So uh, Dave jumped in at that point when when Tony said they were going to break the UK gate record and said that if you're over eight million, you've already broken. So uh, All In has already broke the all time UK gate record without announcing a single match. That's pretty good. <laughs> at this point, they're probably, you know, that was what uh, five days ago or something. So they're probably around sixty six, sixty seven thousand tickets sold at this point or something like that. They're probably going to get to seventy. Tony claims that he was gunning for fifty. And he thought they would crawl to 60, but they're already at 65, you know, without announcing anything. So I don't know how much to read into that, though. What's he going to say? Well, we were expecting 70 and uh, we're not there yet. He's going to lowball what he said he was expecting. You know what I mean? So read into that however you want. But anyway, you slice it. Uh, that show is obviously doing amazing and there's, you know, no other way to slice that. Um, trying to think what else was at the scrum that our listeners there was a uh, the, the Brian Danielson stuff I don't know if uh, the, the somebody asked him about you know facing Nigel McGuinness or whatever and very interesting answer from Brian Danielson of just like I don't know if he stayed in shape I don't think he can hang with me anymore uh, you know he's gotten fat and I'm in tip-top shape still at the top of my game type of thing and uh, I was told on this uh, this week's ROH that there was a lot of heavy teasing about Nigel and and and, and Danielson so I don't know we might be going that direction. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I'm I, in. I'm told that on tonight's ROH date that um, McGinnis was teasing the match too. So, or is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I think we're, oh. I think we're there. Yeah, sort of, sort of said it. But yeah, thank They're you for confirming it. it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're going that direction. I think. I don't know if that's just you know we're, we're, we'll see if we can do it. And I don't know if Nigel's fully cleared. I have no idea what the status of Nigel is, but uh, that'd be really fucking cool for, for level. That'd be a really, a really, really cool show to have it for all in. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that really just, you know, get that car to another level for sure. 
another morsel from the scrum was Tony saying that it was WBD who came to him. Well, I guess that was in the 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 uh, press call too. He said the same thing that they came to him with the idea for collision, um, and also offered a you know buttload of money. So um, that's another good sign that they're in really good standing with with uh, Warner Bros. Discovery, where they're coming to them and saying, "Give us more content." Um, he kind of danced around the expectations of what he thinks that they'll do on Saturdays and didn't give a straight answer on that one. Um, yeah. And I think that was all the key. That was all the key stuff from the, from the scrum. So I think we could put double or nothing in the rear view, right? All right. That's it. Double or nothing. Goodbye. Uh, Instant reaction live. If you do want to go back and uh, listen to that again, two hour uh, review of that show, uh, Instant live, $10 tier flagship, Patreon, Dot com That was on Sunday night. So we're going to get into the world of NXT and WWE. Before we do that, I do have to let you know that this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by BetStamp, the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. The same way that travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sportsbook will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the very same outcome, different sportsbooks will offer varying payouts, and those differences can be huge. Thankfully, BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sportsbooks. You can click on any matchup or any bet you want to make and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Uh, Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of winning long term. Basically, you're not beholden to any one of these sportsbooks. You don't need to be loyal to anyone. Whatever one is going to make you the most money, that's what you want to put your money on. That's where you want to bet with, and that is what BetStamp helps you do. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp, uh, BetStamp app on the Apple iOS store, Google Play, or through your browser at BetStamp.app slash VOW. Again, that's BetStamp.app slash VOW. To access all of these benefits, make sure you sign up using that promo code VOW. Promo code again, VOW, and start your journey to successful sports betting today. If you do forget to use that VOW code at sign up, don't worry. You can always enter our code in your BetStamp account settings afterwards as well. Again, that's BetStamp.app slash VOW. Promo code VOW, or find the BetStamp app on Apple iOS or Google Play, and we, of course, thank them for sponsoring this week's show. All right, so I did not see all of Night of Champions. I don't know if you want to – I watched all of Battleground, though. I made sure to watch all of Battleground because I heard really good things about that show, and I have, I have some thoughts about that. Um, do you want to quickly go over Night of Champions, or do you want to do Battleground first? What, 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 what one has more of your interests? Um, I thought they were both pretty good shows, but very quickly, let's just bang this out in a minute or two. We were asked to discuss it briefly, and I really don't have a ton of information. I don't think you you do either. But Pro Wrestling Noah um, separated themselves from Kenya Okada and Yasutaka Yano, who, if you remember, about a month, month and a half back, were pulled from a show literally at the last minute to the point that I think um, Akatashi Saito had to wrestle in his street clothes to replace them in a match. Um, it was a very weird situation, and then they just disappeared, and they haven't been booked uh, basically um, 
uh, they haven't been booked, period. It was actually, the date is actually April 16th was the show. And uh, they were supposed to work the opener. And uh, Saito worked in his, like, his dress pants to replace them. And they just disappeared. And I poked around and couldn't get any information on it. And I know that the, uh, the Emerald Flow show reached out to Noah's English PR. And they got a response back from Justin Nipper, who is the uh, Noah's English language PR rep. And he gave a total non-answer. It was very obvious that he just didn't know what the deal was either because he just the response was and this is not verbatim was just pro wrestling noah has not announced anything about okada or um uh yano at this time thank you for your inquiry like he obviously didn't know anything but you know and and just responded to them with a total non-answer and it looks like the decision was just made yesterday meaning uh wednesday where Noah finally put out a tweet on both their English and Japanese Twitter saying that they have um, terminated the contract of both wrestlers. So um, I still don't know what the deal is, but obviously for them to be pulled from a show or whether they quit or got pulled from a show that that's super late um, to where someone had to wrestle in street clothes to replace them coming off the announce booth. uh, Something it's not an amicable split is the point here. So um, I wish I knew more. The English language PR didn't exactly shed any extra light on it um, either at the time. And Gerard DeTrolio, no relation to Finn, um, also noted from the Emerald Flow show, he also noted that there's something up with Junta Miyawaki too, because he comes back from Mexico and they're booking him and they're pushing him. And then they claimed he went back to Mexico, but there's like no records of him working any matches in Mexico since. And now he's comes back in the spring and he's just been totally jobbed out and taken a bunch of falls. And that's also kind of fishy because you have this good young wrestler who had gotten good marks for his excursion mm-hmm, to Mexico. Mm-hmm. He comes back. It looks like they're going to push him. Then he disappears again. They claim he's in Mexico, but there's no proof he's in Mexico. And then when they, he comes back from this alleged second excursion, he's getting jobbed out. So something weird is going on with the Noah Young guys, but I don't know. I don't have any insight. I've poked around and gotten absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I've seen a so. few like rumors banded about, but nothing that, yeah, no, nothing you can even go with or, or, or anything that was, you know, oh, I've heard the reason is this, or oh, I actually heard the reason was this. So it's like, all right. If if it was the same one that was getting banded about enough, I'd probably say, "Hey, we the rumor is that," but it's like it's clearly just people. I don't know. Well, you you've heard more than me then because I haven't heard anything. Well, they, they're but, all um, like they're they're completely unsubstantiated, so I, they're not even worth. Oh, it's just fans. So, yeah, fans like at, at one point I was like, "Wait, you're just yeah. ma- you're just saying?" Oh, I think it might be this, and it's like, "Okay, all right, <laughs> we're we're good here," you know. Okay, I heard um, they did this. It's like, okay. We okay, <laughs> cool. Might not be the worst idea to reach out to the. PR again, but Rich, if I were you, I'd send that email and don't let me send. It yeah, <laughs> I handle that um, one. Not you. I, <laughs> you handle that one. I'll send that. Um, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll send that I, one over if you need to. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not exactly just buds with that fella, but uh... <laughs> anyway, I tend to tend to make some enemies. You do make a couple enemies now here and, and there. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay, occasionally, occasionally. So, all right. So that is that is the latest on the Noah. Uh, folks, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Japan. I, hopefully, maybe next week we'll have a chance to. Uh, uh, there's a few things right on the cusp of of, of happening and 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 
potentially breaking. So I, it'll be a fun show to do one of these weeks pretty soon because a lot of a lot of movement going on, a lot of weird stuff going on in Japan right now. That's 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 all I'll say there. So uh, Hiromu's and Dragon Gates, <laughs> things happening, stuff happening. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do a bounce. We have to do a bounce around Japan pretty yeah, soon. Well, here, I think, Hiromu so. Hiromu's going to wrestle Yamato at World. Yeah, he is. Well, look, this is what happens when the companies are all working together. They're going to have that all together show again. And they've been, all the companies have been working together all year. They're all coming together to try to help get out of this COVID mess and lift each other up. And Hiromu's booking these junior festival shows. And, you know, there's paybacks involved. There's, you know, we'll do this if you do that. And that's what this strikes me as, you know, so... Uh, Hiromu's going to go wrestle Yamato at uh, Kobe World. Yep. And that should be a lot of fun to see Hiromu in that environment. For sure. You know? I've also been told, so, uh, uh, keep an eye on Sponge Guy, old LEC guy. He's uh, oh, doing a lot of moving and shaking. Yeah. A lot of moving and shaking in Japan right now. Yeah, well. Well, Sponge Guy. He's not quite the, uh, what was it, Meng- Menguse Super, the, the sunglasses guy, the Tenru from SWS. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fun. But yeah, there you go. So a lot, a lot of movement going on there. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, and some other stuff that, uh, you know, we'll find out hopefully in the next couple of weeks what's going on there. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're due for a bounce around Japan uh, sometime very, very soon here. So once once American wrestling stops being so fucking crazy for a week, we can uh, uh, dive into some of that stuff. But uh, let's let's get back to WWE and NXT here. Um, again, Night of Champions, Battleground, where, where, where do you want to start there? Because like I said, I only saw the final two from Night of Champions, so we can go quick on that or, uh, or we can dig into Battleground a little bit. Yeah, let's uh, go chronological order. So we'll start with Night of Champions. Uh, live from the Jetta Superdome. Oh, which, yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, I thought this was a pretty good show, top to bottom. Um, I and, and, and I hate, let me stress the word hate, NXT. And I thought Battleground uh, was a good show. Yeah, I like Battleground a lot, actually. Well. I like Battleground. So... Um, Let's dive into Night of Champions. This is the show where you only saw the top two? I only saw the final. Yeah, I only saw Lesnar and Rhodes and, and, and then the tag match, main event. So I thought Seth Rollins, AJ Styles was a very good match. Well worth the time. I went uh, a smidge over four stars on that. Seth Rollins, uh, listen, you may have called Teton doing well in the Super Juniors, and we'll get to that. But I called Seth Rollins winning this dopey fake title. You did. And he did indeed. From day one. From day one, you did. Yeah, so he did indeed uh, finish off his uh, tournament victory over AJ Styles here in a battle of two guys who passive-aggressively buried the title before they wrestled for it. Uh, Seth Rollins is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, whatever that is worth. The funny thing about this is even the very favorable towards WWE media and even WWE fans are like, this thing is fucking stupid. <laughs> Everybody and, knows. Everybody knows the score with it. It's hilarious. Yeah. No one cares about this. Why does this exist? Um, it makes Rollins look like a geek for having to, like, put this thing over on TV when everybody knows he's a fake world champion. It's going to muddle things up when Roman's titles eventually, you know, when he eventually loses or they get split up again. Now we have three world. Like, what the fuck is going on here? So, uh. But the match itself was very good. One spot I hated in the match, and um, I wish you would have watched just so we could talk about this spot. But Seth had AJ set up for the curb stomp. And it was on the back end of the match, closing stretch. And instead of curb stomping AJ's head 
and winning the match. He curb stomped his hand. And then, you know, AJ got up and was, like, hmm. shaking out his hand or whatever. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't he just give him the curb stomp and beat him, right? Like, he, he had him in position. It's not like AJ moved. He he curb stomped his hand on purpose. And then, like, three minutes later, he gives him the, the proper curb stomp and pins him. <laughs> just give him the now, yeah. Like, why didn't you give him the curb stomp the first time? And this isn't me second-guessing the psychology after the fact. I was watching this show live and talking about this in one of our chats, either Slack or Discord. I can't remember. And I said it like in real time. I'm like, why the fuck did he just curb stomp his hand? It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not softening him up or he could have just killed him right there. It's like uh, fucking Austin Powers, fucking uh, Scott Evil telling his father, just shoot him in the head. Like, I'll shoot him in the head right now. Like, what? You know, that's like with this. Why didn't he just curb stomp him? I don't know. So that didn't make any sense, but otherwise the match was exactly what you would expect a good Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles match to be. So, there you go. Uh, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch. Uh, I didn't think much of this at all. Um, I I saw this getting a lot of praise uh, in real time as I was watching the show. And uh, I didn't quite understand that. I I just thought this was an average-ass match. Um, and, and it didn't do anything for me. Trish is a heel now. And um, I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have anything else to add about it. <laughs> sort it's of like a heel. Spots. She, she still gets like boos in the arena, but then they have to play boo underscore three dot MP3 every time that she comes out. Yeah. Cause people don't want to boo her. So like they cut to the crowd and people are like, yeah, well, it's going with their, their fucking jet engine boos. So, yeah. You know, it did have that sloppy nastiness to it that people like sometimes. Maybe that's why. But um, it didn't work for me. Gunther. Gunther, Rich. Defeats Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali way over in the building, as you would suspect. The crowd was great. That's one thing. You know, the the fans here love their WWE action, Rich, in the Jeddah uh, Superdome. And uh, they were hot for Ali. Real close but, to that boardwalk that Michael Cole kept telling me about. Kept saying, the, the stunning boardwalk here in Jeddah. <laughs> like, all right, cool. <laughs> this progressive society. <laughs> right. which he There's nice us. hotels and uh, a, a boardwalk yeah. and, and amusement rides. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm good. But looks like Atlantic City kind of. I think I'm all right. So thank you anyway. <laughs> so uh, if you're not into the community theater stuff at the end of the show, this to me was the best wrestling match, Gunther and Ali, which looking at the card probably could have, well, I guess Rollins Styles had a chance to be a little better, right? But I, I preferred Gunther Ali to, to that match. And I thought that uh, once again, Gunther was outstanding. I think he's the best wrestler in the company right now. And it was nice to see Ali get a chance on uh, something other than, you know, doing a job on Monday Night Raw or something. Um, Asuka, this was the big upset. A lot of people weren't expecting this. I was stunned. I, I didn't watch the match. I was stunned when I saw the result. I thought somebody was lying to me when they said that. And then I had to look. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So they ended Belair's title reign. And uh, Asuka wins the bout. I thought it was better than the Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch match. But um, I still thought. It, it, it had a lot of issues. Um, it's kind of the... What was Belair's previous pay-per-view match? I'm trying to think. 
I know that when she, was... she wrestled, uh, I can find. It. I, I can remember real quick because this was the second straight match. Where... Uh, Backlash, the one with uh, with EO, right? The San, the Puerto Rico one. Yeah, the, the Puerto Rico one with EO, and now this one. This is the second straight match where the crowd didn't really go with the story they were telling in the ring, but because WWE is so rigid and the wrestlers aren't allowed to deviate from the plan at all. And they have to go out there and do what the agents tell them. This is the second straight Bianca Belair match where it, it could have benefited from some, let's go out there and work for the crowd. Do you know what I mean when I say that? And they didn't. And it was the same thing with the EO match where, you know, they weren't, the fans were hot, but they weren't reacting to the story being told. And that's just the handcuffs in this company that you have as a performer. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's in another era, you would adjust for the, for, for the crowd and tell a story or go either go with the crowd or, or, or tell a story that's going to get over with a, with a dead crowd. And you just, there's no room for that in this company. This company is just so rigid. It's a television show and it's a highly controlled and produced television show. And um, that's what I thought hurt this match as well. Rhea Ripley squashes Natalia. So she squashes, she wins a squash in Puerto Rico over the shop store, right? And she wins another squash here. They're really pushing her really hard as just this unstoppable force, which, you know, is good. I think that this push is good. So she doesn't need, it's very rare in WWE to see that. Where yeah, just an actual just push. Yeah, like people just win convincingly. Yeah. And they book everything 50-50. And now she's just been kicking people's asses and beating them. And this one was even more of a squash than the, the match against uh, the shop steward. What's her real name? Uh, Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. So, and then this is where Rich can jump in. Because yep. next up was Brock Lesnar over, Cor- over Cody Rhodes. And... Um, I'll just give my review quick and then hand it over to Rich. Uh, I thought this is great. Um, I've seen some mixed reviews. I've seen people say, we'll dig into the the finish because I think that's the most controversial aspect of it. But, um, you know, Cody coming in with the injured arm and then Brock beating him with the Kimura. And instead of tapping, Cody, like, passed out due to the pain. And, um, you know, I thought it was uh, the work was pretty violent and nasty up to that point. And... The idea that um, you would pass out to a Kimura is what people are taking issue with. But look, to me, it's pro wrestling. It's not MMA. And Cody's whole deal is he's this superhero baby face. And he's wearing the brace. And it wouldn't be within his character to tap. I didn't have any problem with him not tapping and just succumbing to the pain and passing out. Um, in fact, I thought it was kind of a cool finish, to be honest. I, I didn't have a problem with it, and I enjoyed the match. And once again, it's Brock and his match feeling completely different than everything else in the show, having a different energy, a different vibe, a different feel. It was worked differently, and Brock's shit just continues to connect with me. And uh, same for Cody. I, I, I can't think of a Cody pay-per-view match he's had in this company that I haven't thought was fantastic. So... I really loved it. It was my third notebook match of the evening after Rollins and and AJ and Gunther and Ali. I give the slight edge to Gunther and Ali as the best match on the show. 
But uh, what do you think of Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes? No, I, I liked it too. I liked it for a lot of the same reason that you always bring up, and 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 that's true of almost every Cody match, and it's true of almost every Brock match. Like you said, they just they come in and they're just a different level of star. They just look and feel different. Their matches have a different beat to them. They just they feel like they're wrestling from a different planet. Like they're just completely different than everything else on this in this company, which is so manufactured and so hits the same beats and, and note by note and everybody, even even like a, you know, I, I haven't seen Seth versus AJ, but like plenty of Seth Rollins matches leave me kind of cold at the end because it's like, all right, he's just doing, you know, the WWE style of match, the Seth Rollins WWE style of match or whatever. But Cody and Brock, like you almost have no idea what it's going to be, exactly what it's going to be, how it's going to be structured. How I mean, you kind of know it's Brock's going to go in there and he's going to maul a guy and Cody's going to be in there and be the, 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 you know, the underdog baby face or whatever. But they're just so good at it and they're so good at being – you know, what they are and, and, and so good at just being tippy top guys and just feel like stars with a capital S. They go out there and they just own that room. And I thought it was a really, really fun match. And, and yeah, Brock just mauling the guy for a lot. Uh, Cody and his exo skill, uh, his exo uh, uh, cast. Michael Cole kept saying exocast for some reason. I was like, all right, call it a cast. I get what a is cast is. Every cast exocast. <laughs> I would assume every cast is uh ex- yeah, outside of the I don't know. I don't know. You have to ask Michael Cole and, and Vince McMahon who Is that some okay, you're married to a nurse. Is that some shit that's just WWE speak, or is that something that I've really never say? heard that in my life? I it sounds I, dumb. Every cast by rule is an exocast. I guess the material that it's made out of might change it. I don't know if that's the case. Because it wasn't like a a, a a like a plaster cast or whatever. It's made of like that black material. I don't know if that's what makes it an exo cast or whatever. I don't know. I'll ask the nurse another day. But she's I think she's sleeping now. So um, no idea. But they had to continue to say exo cast just to <laughs> wake her up. Who cares if she works? Ah, she doesn't know. She'll say it. No. Here, here's what she'll say: Is I don't work. I don't work in that department. I don't work in that area. Yeah. I promise. She'll say. I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> still her neighborhood like it's like <laughs> nah, you would think but you know i would expect a carpenter and a construction worker to both know the difference between different kinds of hammers even though they don't do the same job yeah, but they both right? use hammers though right yeah she doesn't know how to treat a broken arm i don't buy no that. she doesn't no she really couldn't do that no hell no i thought nurses had general knowledge of everything no nah, they like, did when they graduated nursing school but she hasn't done any of that shit in 10 years so oh so if you oh if you don't use it you, you lose, lose it. it yeah is exactly what you're so okay she knows hearts now yeah. hearts is her uh, you got a question about a heart so when she's you got like, you so when you like stub your toe or have oh, some does kind not of give weird a doesn't give a shit some kind of weird rash on your body she's like i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah well even if she knew she probably would say the same thing but yeah she i <laughs> i genuinely don't think she knows but she also might just be bluffing so that i don't uh so you don't get any of the advantages i get that. nothing she's, just like, I don't... she's like ah go see a doctor no it's worse like i'll like like the other day i stubbed my toe real bad i'm pretty sure i broke it it's like a, one of my little toes on, on on one of my yeah. feet or whatever it's all black and blue it's like bent weird i'm like ah whatever you know the little toes that you break them on you know they don't really matter yeah yeah and i'm yeah. like ah man look at that and she's like oh yeah uh yeah the guy we took care of uh he died yesterday <laughs> i was like okay all right <laughs> like all right fantastic yeah i got it yeah you know it's yeah. just like <laughs> you know real quickly well. you it's like, oh, does that hurt your little baby toe hurts? Oh, well, you know, this guy that we put a new heart in uh, rejected it. And now he's dead. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What How was your day at work? Yeah, I'm like, oh, I stubbed my do? toe and it hurts a lot. She's like, oh, my patient died in front of me. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're pretty what equal. I mean, look at this thing. It's real black and blue, though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do besides just. 
pretend like it's fine and it's going to be fine. And it's all right. Yeah. So no, I, I get no sympathy. But uh, yeah, no, not a lot of cast being put out in the uh, in the CCU. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I, I thought it was good. And um, the finish I had no problem with. I mean, I knew Brock was going to win. I knew the finish was going to be Cody's cast being a part of it. Uh, I do have to take a little bit of issue with uh, President Jack Tunney allowing Cody Rhodes to go out there and hit people with his cast. What are we doing here? Mm-mm. Right? Mm. Yeah. He's just mull- He's just hitting Brock Lesnar on the top of the head with his cast, which rules, by the way. I agree that it rules, but like, why does this guy get special treatment? Well, I guess if a guy's going to wrestle with a broken arm, you got to give him something. You let him edge, use right? this exocast to, to hit Brock Lesnar over the head? Well, it nearly won him this match. He had some momentum going on hitting Brock Lesnar with his exocast. But, uh, yeah, eventually uh, it was not to be. And, 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 yeah, passing out in the Kimura, I guess the only thing I would say is that he didn't, like, fully pass out because it wasn't like they had to get him off the ground. Like, the referee just kind of came over and was like, you're done, you're done, you're done. And Cody wasn't, like, out, out. You know what I mean? Like, he 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 was up. A couple seconds later. So if he had truly like passed out, like if it was a blood choke type of thing or whatever, or he passed out in the ring and just like collapsed on, you know, under his own power, or whatever, like that's one thing. He, it wasn't that he fully quote unquote passed out. He just, the referee clearly knew that he had no more and he was just not fighting back anymore. So he decided to call it type of thing. I, so I don't know. I didn't have any issue with it. And yeah, if you're putting a Kimura and you got a broken arm, quote unquote, you know, I don't think that's bad. Bad move at all. Yeah, it's got an exoskeleton. Yeah, you know, exactly. he was enduring the pain. It's fucking pro wrestling, you know. And it's on top of that, it's WWE. Yeah, what, it's, what I mean, honestly, you're gonna kill yourself trying to apply logic to, to WWE. But I thought that was it was it, it wasn't that unrealistic to me. And it was a good match. It was under ten minutes. Bombs after bombs. The the bell rang and they just went at each other right away. No, it's good. And and now we can go to SummerSlam and and, and settle it once and for all. Hopefully, ideally with Cody defeating Brock, but. We'll see. Yeah, look, I'm not saying it was the match of the fucking century. I just enjoyed it. That's all. You know, it, you know, it was it was a good match. So uh before we get to this main event, I am kicking myself. I knew I should have bet nuggets to sweep the series. They but went I was up a big coward. Big game one win already. I'm watching on the side, though. Convincing win. I'm a coward and I've just bet them to win the series, which I may as well just spend the money now. But I, I should have bet them to sweep the series. I was an absolute coward. Um, sweeps. Tough. I have no res- sweeps are always tough. Yeah, but the the value was great. I, I have no respect for the bum ass eight seed Miami Heat. Damn I, right. Their their ride ends right here. Okay, they, they're done. So I, I should have bet the sweep. I should because I'm saying I should have bet the sweep and the win is what I'm saying. Like bet the series win and bet the sweep. But I was I was too much of a coward to bet the sweep, and I'm annoyed because I feel like they're gonna sweep the series, but. uh you know, you know the thing about it, though, Rich. A Hoya comes away with an NBA championship ring either way here. We got Jeff Green and Omar Yurtsevin over <laughs> oh, on the Miami course, bench. Omar Yurtsevin. So, yeah. so uh, we have a well-earned Hoya championship. Either the Hoyas are a winner either way. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember. I, la- I remember. Goddamn, sorry. I remember last week when you were talking about Jeff Green. Uh, you're like, "Oh, finally a, a title for Jeff Green." I was like, "There's no way Jeff Green is. He's been in the league for 19 years. He's played on 17 different teams. There's no way he didn't find himself into a ring at some point. Always on good teams. Always, always on, on good, good teams. teams he's too. been on good. Like he has been the, yeah. the like the last guy that like a team is be like. All right, we're we're trying to build a title team. Let's bring in Lan- uh, Jeff Green. We've and got it. We're trying to build a title team. We've got a mid-level exemption. Yes. Where's Jeff, Jeff Green? Green? Yeah, and he always comes, and he's always there, and he always plays. Yeah. How has he never won a title? 
I don't know. I'm stunned. He he's been on, too. He yeah, he's been on minutes. Cleveland. He was on Houston. He was in Brooklyn. He's in every. He's in OKC. Boston. OKC. OKC. He was everywhere. Yeah, never won a title, man. Damn. Well, he's about to get one. Check back in a week. Because, uh, <laughs> or Omar Yurtsev will get the other one. So, uh, listen. Fingers crossed for both. You know, the, the Hoyas are winners either way. Uh, here um, you go. Sue Williams calling your bluff. Here says Heaton five cowards. Put my name on that. Heaton right, five. He's got him winning four straight after this. That's crazy. That's madness, Suit Williams. I don't know. I only saw the fourth quarter here because I had the Reds game on. But um, pretty I'm convincing. not going to sit here and tell you. Pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it. But I only saw the, four, I only saw the fourth quarter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't like uh, – if I had money on the Heat, I wouldn't like what I saw tonight. No, I, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeat the bloodline. A lot of people thought Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa <laughs> would take away the tag titles here. And have Who, was Roman it up. Who was that? Who was that? Solo Sikoa. Ah, okay. Listen, Rich, I'm sorry. I try to pronounce things properly, <laughs> unlike you. Right, right. Okay. Um, we thought we'd get Roman like Ultimo Dragon. Titles all draped up and down his arms. You know, if they won, he would have took Solo's title, too. But um, we didn't get that. Now, look, I will say this about the match, because I'm in a good mood. If you're into this shit, I'm sure you thought this was fucking phenomenal. The problem is I'm not into this shit. And I'm totally out on the Bloodline drama. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Um I wouldn't watch SmackDown if you fucking put a gun to my head to keep up with this. It's boring. It's been overdone for, for two and a half. I can't talk, Rich. Take over. Everyone knows what I'm going to say anyway. I'm going on. <laughs> well, I, I start coughing too. Uh, there you go. Yeah, we said we said we should stop the show at two hours, but we're going to go three hours because we're we're maniacs. But uh, yeah, if you've seen the story and you've seen these men, it it it. It looked and resembled like a lot of the previous matches. It was a lot like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, versus the Usos at WrestleMania, which I thought was a really, really good match. And if you love, you know, this style and this story, you're going to love that a lot. It was a lot like you know Sami Zayn and, and, and Roman Reigns or whatever. And it was, you know, it 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 it's felt like a what a lot of these matches feel like. Which if you know if you're really really into the story, they're pretty good. And if you're not into the story, it, the baseline is is a pretty decent wrestling match too. It's got a lot of, a lot of big moves, a lot of big impacts, but it does have slowdowns for Roman to cut a mid-match promo. It does have people looking at each other for a long time. So if you can get past that stuff uh, and be okay with that at, at its core, it's still a pretty good wrestling match. A lot of really good back and forth or whatever. Cause there's a lot of talented people involved. Like Roman Reigns is for whatever, you know, I have to say about, you know, Roman Reigns, the character and overall, like he's, a, he's a good worker. And obviously Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they, they speak for themselves. Just tremendous, tremendous workers. So, uh, I thought it was, yeah, a really, really, really good tag match. Uh, it goes 26 minutes and 25 seconds. But the story that everyone's going to come out of this with is Jimmy Uso, nobody's bitch, right? He's nobody's bitch? Uh, sure. Yes. Let's go. I th- Damn it. <laughs> I was so confident that Jimmy was nobody's bitch. And then you were going to go, yeah, nobody's bitch. That's Jimmy. God damn it. Now I got to look it up, right? I'll look it up. Keep talking. Okay, I think I'm pretty sure Jimmy Uso Jimmy, is nobody's bitch, but uh, Jimmy Jimmy is nobody's bitch. Okay, and Jay is the right hand man. Yeah, I think we should both. I think I should get the nobody's bitch T-shirt, and you should get the right hand man T-shirt, 
and we should do our first video edition of this podcast wearing our <laughs> nobody's bitching right hand line, man shirt, nobody's yeah. bitch and right hand man t-shirts well they might be on sale after this so we have uh finally maybe sort of we don't know uh the fracturing of the bloodline where uh you know the usos come in and they're you know, they run in, there's you know, the referee gets knocked out by a spear, and of course, no other referees come down. Nobody ever <laughs> nobody ever again in K Cody's able to use President Jack Tunney's got gotta get control here. Cody can just use this exoskeleton with no re- repercussions. And anytime a referee gets knocked down in a Roman's Reigns match, send another referee out, right? Wouldn't that make sense? They've created a new title because this guy is fucking them over left and right. So they know it's happening. Right in kayfabe, like they know Triple H is like, yeah, this guy never comes to work, and uh, so we got to make a new title because he just wins and he doesn't really earn it, and he doesn't come to work, so we got to make this new title. So okay, maybe bring another referee down. But anyway, uh, a ref takes a bump, and then the Usos come down. They throw super kicks to Owens, throw super kicks to Zayn. They go to throw another one, and I believe it was Zayn that ducked out of the way, and then they super kick Solo Sokoa. And then they cut to the outside, and Roman Reigns is on the outside. And Paul Heyman, you won't guess, Joe, his mouth is agape. He is stunned. His jowls, <laughs> just, oh, he's just, oh, what? And Roman Reigns looks, and he slides into the ring, and he shoves the right-hand man and goes, you not the right-hand man no more, <laughs> and shoves him. And shoves him in the face. Then he shoves Jimmy. Then he goes back to Jay and says, get out of here. You're not the right-hand man anymore. And then he turns around. God, I don't care. And then he turns around. And nobody's bitch super kicks him. Yeah. And then the right-hand man goes, what you doing? What you doing? (laughs) Come on, Oos. And nobody's bitch goes, I would never treat you that way. I would never treat you that way. (laughs) People love cinema, Joe. This is cinema, all right? I don't know why you're not understanding. This is Emmy award-winning cinema. From me, a person who's never seen any movies or any TV shows ever, uh, this is cinema. It's like, have you ever seen that tweet about Boss Baby? <laughs> I forget the exact one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this, this movie has a lot of Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> it's like somebody who's only ever seen Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm paraphrasing because yeah. I'm coughing and laughing That's a great at the same tweet. time. It's, it's so great, good. It's I hate to tweet. Just go yeah. find it. It's one of the only... There's like ten good tweets ever, and that's one of the ten. But um, but yeah, it's like so. Then and then the nobody's bitch says, "He ain't your brother. I'm your brother." <laughs> oh, and then he tells Jay, "Do it to him, bro. Do it to him, brother." <laughs> and Jay looks, and then he looks, and then he looks, and then he leaves the ring. How does anyone still give a shit <laughs> about any know. of this? I don't know. The amount of tweets that I saw were like, now that's storytelling and wrestling. It's like, come on. Jesus it's just like, Christ. Watch something it's just else. Like, they've missed the peak. We've had this conversation. Rich, this is like deja vu. We've had this conversation <laughs> know, a half for a so dozen long. times. Joe, I was going through for, for for our Patreon. I go through and I'm doing this thing where I archive all of our past. So from all from June 2018 to today. Uh, to June or to, to last year, to June 2022, every one of our posts from every June that we've ever had. There's a post from you in June 2021 saying the bloodline is stupid and I have statistical proof that it's stupid or whatever. And you were citing like the ratings and how the story's yeah. never going anywhere and nothing's ever happening in June of 2021. We're here in June of 2023 and nobody's bitch super kicks Roman Reigns and people are like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? It's. 
And it's the same people in the group not getting along. I know. Just kick the Usos out. Tell them to go. The Usos, just leave. Why are you here? You don't have to be here. Here's the Uso. Here's the bloodline story. Cliff notes. Nothing happens for a year and a half. Then Sami Zayn and Cody happen for two months. And then nothing happens again for the next three months. That's the whole story. Like nothing ever happens or advances with this. It's it's the same people at odds with each other now. They took a little break when Cody and Sammy got hot. They all had odds with those two instead. Now they all have odds with each other again. It's the same shit over and over and over. How can anyone genuinely enjoy this at this point? Even if you were enjoying it before. How are you still enjoying the same story being recycled for three years? Do I have to question your mental capacities? At this I, point? I think we're, we're getting, this? yeah, we're getting close to that point. Cause like even, even, even died in the wall, like WWE, like, like Ryan Satin even is like, yeah, this story's starting to get a little longer too. Yeah, yeah. He's turning on right. If, 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 if you've lost Ryan Satin, you've lost, it's yeah. over. Wrap it I've up. Lost a lot of the hardcore diehards. Cause it's the same repetitive shit over and over. I think a lot of the Twitter accounts that are like, this is cinema. Now this is storytelling. They're just teenage WWE fans who are just like shit posting to get reactions because AEW did something cool. Now they have to react to a, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that, that fucking loser game of ping pong that both sides play. Like, I think there's a lot of that going on, but, um, and, and I think maybe, I don't know, the younger you are, the less exposed you've been to other forms of pro wrestling. And you maybe you do think that this is like the pinnacle of pro wrestling storytelling still. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The, the problem is I watch these matches and I just, my eyes are glazed over and it's just, I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't like this. I don't, I'm not into it. I don't care where any of this goes. I'm not interested in it. I, I don't know. It's the same repetitive conversation we have every time. Yeah, yeah. But so it's just not even worth having. And then Sammy pins Solo Sokoa, and they retain the titles. So, great. The thing is, if this match landed for you, this is a really good show. I mean, and there was nothing wrong with the work or anything. It's just all the fucking promos and community theater shit that I can't I can't do it. I have no use for it. But, um, I mean, top to bottom, it's probably a better show than Double or Nothing. It's just Double or Nothing at better it, – it peaked higher. It, it peaked higher and a like, better ending. Yeah, the best stuff on Double or Nothing was better than the best stuff on this show, but I thought this show was a more consistent show from top to bottom. All right, so that was uh, WWE Night of Champions. Let's move on to NXT Battleground. This was the NXT pay-per-view on Sunday. Gosh darn it, wouldn't you know it? Right head-to-head with Double or Nothing on uh, Sunday from Lowell, Mass. Uh, I thought <laughs> pretty good show, actually. I, I Top to bottom, thought it was Pretty good, and I, I usually don't like NXT. NXT usually causes me great pain and 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 suffering, and I'm just like, Ugh, why am I watching this? But there's some annoying parts and some annoying aspects of it because it's still NXT, and, and it's going to be overproduced, and it's going to sound like shit because they're going to use a lot of fake crowd noise, and and Booker T is not going to know about any of the wrestlers or any of the stories or any of the moves or anything going on in the show. But other than that, the wrestling itself, bell to bell, I thought was pretty good, top to bottom uh, on Battleground. What do you think overall of the show before we go match by match here? This had all of the usual NXT trappings and traits and annoying ticks that make me hate NXT with every fiber of my being because I truly do hate NXT. I think it's 
the saddest excuse for pro wrestling currently going today. I fucking hate it. But all of that aside, it was a pretty good show. But a lot of those things that I hate about NXT did drag down some of these matches. And I guess we'll get to that as we go through the review. There's two matches in particular that I thought the usual NXT slash WWE bullshit totally killed what otherwise, not totally killed, but dragged down. Well, totally killed one match and and dragged down another from being a potential match of the year contender to why is this great potential match of the year contender fucking annoying me now? And that was obviously Ilya versus Dijak. Right, right. Um, and, and we'll get to that. Just total unnecessary WWE horseshit that that took that match down a notch when really it should be a match that everybody's talking about. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll start at the top with Wesley defeating Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate. Uh, three-way for the North American title. I'm kind of over these Wesley multi-man matches. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, they're, they're getting long in the I, tooth, and and I'm done. And this one wasn't even that... I mean, it was a good match, but this wasn't even that great. Like, um, I don't know what they've done to my boy, but Tyler Bate is just oh. a shell of his former self. It's just... This guy had a chance to be like an all-timer, and he came out of the gate as a teenager, as someone who was an absolute prodigy, and a real prodigy. Not some fake prodigy. People try to say someone's a prodigy and they're not. Like, he was a real honest-to-God prodigy in pro wrestling. And has had some of the best matches you'll ever see in NXT. And even abroad, you know, he's great on the come-up on the indies. And, man, they just, uh, that's not what this company is. And, you know, you've, especially NXT, you have to be a cartoon. You have to be some caricature. It's, you know, all this tongue-in-cheek bullshit that they do. And um, he's not the same wrestler anymore either. No, they, uh, he, he, he doesn't. Massacred my boy. They they really have. Yeah, his in ring work too. If it's not just the look, and it's not just the push, and it's not just the the fact that he's now he's still only twenty six. By the way, he's still only twenty six. But it's just like disgusting. Yeah, it's it's like he still should have a prime ahead of him. But it's like you watch a match like this, and he's just he's just a passenger at this point. You know what I mean? He's just along for the ride. Yeah sucks because he was um, incredible decent little high action opener though. yeah I mean, it was okay it had a lot of the tropey all right one guy gets out of the ring and now it's uh you know bait versus we leave for a minute and then gacy gets in and throws bait out and now it's you know they, they did a lot of that but that's that's to be that's to be expected uh this was the uh be- the opener obviously of the show and this is when uh very early on in the show, you can tell Vic Joseph, already annoyed with Booker T, who does not know any of the stories or any of the, This man commentates NXT every week and has no idea what's going on, has no idea who these people are, has no idea what any of their finishers are, what any of their nicknames are, what any of their histories are. My man shows up, puts the headset on, goes to work, puts that headset down, leaves, and that's it. He's yeah, like, Tyler Bate, cheating his way in here. And he's like, he didn't do that. What are you talking about, Booker? He's like... I didn't say yeah. he cheated. He earned his way. He's like, you just said you cheated. It's like he doesn't even know what he's saying. He's just saying things. It's so good. I love it. Did you see a couple weeks ago they caught him ordering DoorDash on the air? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it, it makes all, all the sense in the world. Makes all the sense in the world. Yes. 
Someone just, took a picture of his phone. He just has no idea what the stories are. And then confronted, he just like lets it go, you know, because Vic Joseph's like, uh, Booker, you really think Tyler Bates cheated his way to get in the base? He's like, I didn't say that. It's like, yes, you did. You just did. You just said that, Booker. He doesn't, he's just saying things. He doesn't care. I lo- it it annoys me, and then I just start to, it becomes fun bad about halfway through, and then I'm out, along for the ride, for the Booker ride. So, yeah, guys, uh, calling a match and he's ordering a calzone and a large coat uh, <laughs> in the middle of the match to be delivered to no. the table or to, to meet him backstage what do you think no i think it was like towards the end of the show he was timing it okay you know, oh so yeah, he's yeah, ordering, yeah he's ordering his DoorDash during nxt and then you know so he's got a hot meal waiting for him in the back you know um <laughs> ridiculous so next we had heritage cup no amdar against dragon lee i was looking forward to this and uh, so Heritage Cup, you get they do the rounds. It's the British rounds, but it's best two out of three. A DQ, you lose the match automatically, and uh, those are the basics of it. Um, there's some other rules as well, but um, I was loving this. I, I you know, <laughs> this is Noam Dar's kind of specialty, and he always pulls some shenanigans to pull these matches out. And I thought this match was really good, and they're going through you know, the rounds and it's tied up on one and uh, this fucking cat. I swear to God, can you hear all this? Going <laughs> uh, on? I heard a little scratch. I heard a little scratch in the background. She's just, she knows she fucking knows I'm on the air. This cat. <laughs> They're cats. They're evil. I know. You have to tell me she, her tail, her tail's puffed up. She's running around like a fucking, she's pulling these papers out of the corner and knocking them on the floor and then running through the papers. <laughs> and she's, and she's looking at me and taunting me. She's staring at me right now. They know. Now. Oh, of course Maggie, they know. Maggie, come here, Maggie. Come here, Maggie. Come here. Oh, here you are. Come here, Maggie. You came to me. Maggie, come here. Come here. At minimum, I got to get this collar off. Come here. Bell. Come here. Don't you dare scratch this chair. I will send you right back to the pound. Get over here. <laughs> All right. Come here with the... So if I get the collar off, then at least I don't have to hear. The I, bell I honestly didn't hear that much. I heard, I heard a little scratch at the end there, but not much. As she's sprinting across the house, I think, I think it's annoying you. Cursing. I think it's annoying you a lot more than it's annoying. Me. Well, it is annoying. I, I, it's breaking up my uh, concentration. So you know she's fucking doing wind sprints like Florence Griffith Joyner over here. All right, so. <clears throat> All right, so I got that collar off at least. All right, so uh, what the hell was I even talking about? Oh, Harris Cup. Harris Cup. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving this match. I'm, like, getting into this. I'm invested. And then uh, these women co- – well, first, Aura Mensa comes out, and he's cornering Dar. And Dar's, like, not sure if he wants him there. And then these two women come out. Well, I think Lash – was Lash Legend one of them, or was it a Lash Legend was one of them, yes, yes. So it's Lash Legend. She comes out with the fucking spit bucket and hits Dragon Lee in the back. With one of the worst weapon shots you'll ever see. <laughs> it was so this bad. was the the weakest and worst weapon shot. Yeah, apologize since... to Landstorm. Apologize to Landstorm right now. This is the worst one I've seen since Gato on Okada when Gato <laughs> turned on Okada. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. one? Yes. Where he was, he didn't even know how to hold the chair. Like he was, he was holding the chair in a weird way, and he like hit him backhanded with it. This is the worst weapon shot, and dra- poor Dragon Lee has to sell this bucket to the lower back. Um, this fucking cat, I swear to God. 
I got. I she got to come down and get this cat. <laughs> I'm not hearing times. anything for the record. So, so <laughs> it's breaking my concentration. Um, and it totally ruins the match, you know. And then that's the finish. And Gar wins after the awful bucket shot, and what was shaping up to be a really excellent match. And I like the Heritage Cup rules. I think it's you know something different. Um, but yeah, it totally killed the match for me. The finish, and then Dar. This is his new group now. Mensa. Uh, Lash Legend, and I don't know who the other girl is. Uh, Jakara Jackson, I believe, was the other. Oh, right. Was the all other the woman. stars. Yes, all, all the, the stars. stars are going to be yes. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my booker note for this match was uh, Vic Joseph was talking about how uh, Noam Dar hadn't def- uh, defended the title uh, in quite some time, and Booker said, well, with COVID and restrictions and travel, uh, he won the championship in July of 2022. I, I think we were kind of bad. I don't know, yeah. I don't know yeah. when Booker thought that this title was won. but uh, Or when this... he thought COVID was happening. <laughs> right, but... but I don't think that's the reason why. And then Joseph just, de- just didn't say anything and then moved on to the next point because he just was like, I don't know. What do I get to say here? So uh, moved on. Uh, anyway, all right, so that was uh, that. But, yeah, I, I thought it was shaping up to be a pretty good match, but, yeah, it had, had a lot of bullshit in it that kind of took away. And and a lot of the a lot of the match was, like, the heat on Dar for not allowing Dragon Lee to be Dragon Lee, but you were all thinking it was building up to some big moment where Dragon Lee was going to be Dragon Lee, and then it just never quite did because then all the other shit happened. So, uh, all right, now the match we're going to talk about here, Ilya Dragunov and Dijak. Now, as of this recording, let me see what it has been updated to. Uh, on cage match this was trending as like an all-time 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 great match uh it is currently sitting at a 9.22 on cage match 9.22 uh for the last man standing match between Ilya Dragunov and Dijak 15 minutes and 54 seconds now I think this match was really 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 good is it one of the greatest matches I've ever seen not in that universe at all nowhere close what do you think Joe and then we'll, we'll discuss the nuts and bolts well, of the match. Well, no. I mean, it's not one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I mean, who's calling it that? Uh, the calling it that? folks at Cage Match, 9.22 right now on uh, Cage Match, which would put it. Oh, that's not one of the highest scores of all time, though. Uh, it right? was trending that way. I mean, if you look at, uh, let's go to the match guide here, 9.22. Uh, would that even be top 100? That I believe would be. Let me do. Uh, let me do a little ratings work here. Minimum rating. Because I know at one point it was like nine point six, and that was trending towards one of the greatest matches of all time. But I think it's come down a bit um, since then. Um, yeah, it looks like so. Right now, nine point two two. You got about four hundred matches all time that that are yeah are rated that high. So, I look. I still went four and a half minus with a little minus sign. But I would have went higher if it didn't have all the annoying ticks that NXT matches have. Dijak's new gimmick and character with his like Terminator mid-match <laughs> Terminator <laughs> promos and um, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. <laughs> telling his Give family. Up. Telling his family. Take them don't away. They do don't need this. to see this. <laughs> you don't need to see what I'm going to do. Don't do that. Who wants this? <laughs> Why do people like this? It's so irritating. And otherwise, you know, without all the melodrama and all the Shawn Michaels bullshit, this really was a great and brutal match. That I would love to come on here and, and, and tell you was one of the best matches of the year because it could have been. But all of the NXT bullshit drags it down. And unfortunately, 
there's a generation of wrestling fans who likes this and wants it. And this company is doing it at the developmental level. They're doing it in the main event uh, of their main show every month. And they're the market leader. And it's, it, it's, it's going to trickle down. And this bullshit is the future of wrestling. I, I think it is, Rich. I, I, I think, you know, at least the future of this company, it's the present in this company. It's here. It's here. It's happening line. now. It's happening right now, man. <laughs> and we all have that very first Roman Reigns Jey Uso match where they did it for the first time. And we mocked it and made fun of it. We're like, what the fuck is this garbage? Little did we know it was going to be the future of the company. And thus the future of wrestling. I, I don't. Man, it's it's why? Why do you need that? You, this used to be a business where you told the story with the physicality. And you didn't need to hammer it over people's heads like this. And you had promos to tell the story to set up the match. And then the match, you told the story with your physicality. And you got over that way. And then you had promos after a match to hammer home the story you told with your physicality. I don't know what the fuck we need all this other bullshit for. Uh, it's it's pressing because uh, it really hurt. And it was still a great match, but it, it took it down from match of the year contender level match to so much of it annoyed me. I had to mark off for that. I just, I have no desire to watch it again. I would never sit through this match again. No, I also thought that like when when it was trending as like match of the year, one of the greatest matches ever type thing. When you said like the nine point six on cage match, people were saying like, "Oh, that's a match." I, I ended up watching it, and maybe it was because I was going into the match with it being a quote unquote match of the year contender, or whatever. I thought it was really good. Like I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid as hell match. But man, I, I've seen several matches this year. Better way, but if you only watch WWE, maybe yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I, I watch WWE. I watch a lot of WWE, and I think there's been better WWE matches this year. I think there's been there was better matches at WrestleMania. I think there's been better stuff. It's good. Like they beat the living shit out of each other for a lot of it. It's hard hitting and it's it's intense or whatever. But yeah, when it was over, I didn't have that feeling. Like whoa, what did I? I just saw something special there. It was like yeah, it was it was. Uh, fine. So I liked it better than you. I liked it better than you. I I, I thought Dragunov in particular was. I mean, his selling. I don't know fantastic. how much of that was selling. <laughs> a lot of that, I think, was real, too. Hey, you just got the shit beat out of them. That, if, and... if everybody hit each other with kendo sticks like that, I wouldn't have no problem with kendo sticks. That's how you hit each other with kendo sticks. Yeah, it was all, he was all welted up. And, I mean, you know, from that standpoint, I mean, he was great. And Dijak, outside of the shit. And, look, they're making them do this shit. You know they coached them up. We're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Sure you, you, know. you know, it's like, still fucking need it. Don't need it. This was the one I saw people were saying was cinema. When he had him in the corner, he's like, don't make me do it. Give up. Don't make me do this. You know, that, that bullshit. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the WWE fans really, they really got into that spot when he had him in the corner and he was, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just want to watch Dick Slater and fucking <laughs> right. And the problem, if you take all that stuff out of this match, the match loses absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? Like if you take out no, the no. loses absolutely nothing, and it's still as good of a match. But you know they have to tell tell you the story. What is the story? I mean, you you know what the story is because Dijak's beating the shit out of Elia Dragunov, and you could tell he's 
got him on the ropes and he can end him whenever he wants. Like, but it, it's not the story. You're not telling a story until Dijak tells you what the story is. So yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny. People call this stuff cinema, but it's bad movies that do this stuff. Right. It's always like B movies that do this kind of shit. That right. have these over the top characters that over explain everything and right. Good movies do a really good job of subtlety and, and leading you to a, a, a certain yeah. story yeah. beat or a, a certain storyline right. or whatever. But yeah, that's so, why these. Uh, that's why they don't win any Emmys. That's why WWE doesn't win any Emmys or anything, or any Oscars or Emmys coming down their way. Because uh, this is not good cinema, actually. Uh, so that was that. That was Dragon Off and Dijak, which again I, I really liked. Like I, I went four and a quarter. Uh, I really again it was a really good match. Like you should go out of your way to watch it. But uh, uh, I I would I'd be a little mindful for the people that are telling you it's like one of the greatest matches ever. Like I. I don't know that I can recommend it on that level whatsoever. But uh, uh, is this? Do you want to talk about this match in the sense? Do you, do you want to do the cage match discussion now, uh, or do you want to wait till the end of the show? It's probably a good idea to do it now because, like we were saying, this match was trending at like a nine point six, like one of the greatest matches ever, one of the top fifty matches of all time uh, in cage matches database. And Cage Match made an announcement. CageMatch.net made an announcement that uh, starting this week that you uh, are not able to do a rating for a show or a match until I think it's 48 hours after the show, or, or I forget the exact time limit. But 24, I think it's 24. Yeah, maybe it's 24, but you can't just immediately, a show can't be done or a match can't be done, and you can immediately rate it. Usually cage matches is great about getting a show up right away, and you can rate it right away, but they're starting to kind of get sick of certain wrestling fans bombing shows that probably don't deserve to be rated as as good as they are rating them as good as they are and, and just kind of screwing up their whole system, which is something we talked about a year ago or so when, you know, Tony Khan made the mistake of mentioning cage match once in, in a, uh, uh, I forget if it was a, uh, a media scrum. call or, or some scrum or something like that. And then for like the next five weeks, every raw was the best rated television show ever. Every match was rated nine. It was like they were obviously just dive bombing cage match with 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 positive ratings. It's kind of it kind of slowed down from there. But now I think this is a good idea because I think people are very reactionary in the moment, and I think it's going to hurt the amount of votes that they get. But I think that those guys there, and, and they've talked about it before, and I know that WrestleNomics has had them on their show uh, before. A lot of the, the the people behind Cage Match, they don't really care if maybe a hundred less people rate a match or rate a show. They'd rather have ratings that really reflect what the true sense of that match and that show was and, and, and what the real consensus thinks and not just what, you know, a group of, of people hell bent on making sure that they skew the numbers in one direction do, you know, you know what I mean? So I think it's a good change. I, I, I'm all for it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Cause you get, you know, the tribalism and, and this would have happened at the peak of the Monday night war. This would have happened at the peak of New Japan versus Noah. This would have happened in any era where there. This would have happened at the peak of WWF versus Jim Crockett Promotions. Whenever there's two sects of fans, and they're having sort of this, uh, you know, battle of 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 supremacy and which promotion is better. This shit's bound to happen, and really, this is the first time in the history. Of uh, you know since cage matches existed that we've that we've had because we've got WWE versus AEW here and the fans are tribalistic and they're overrating these shows because they want to make sure that the latest WWE show is rated higher than the latest AEW show and vice versa. So the idea being if they delay the ability to rate a day, that people will calm down or forget to do it or lose the passion to do it and it'll mitigate to some extent people just throwing tens on everything to skew the scores because 
this show was at like a 9.7 or something. Yeah, right now it's at an 8.7. Ended. It's at an 8.7 before now, so it's come it's down. But down. 61 people said that this is a 10 out of 10 show. It's like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, it's a good show, but this is not a 10 out of 10 show. Even if, I, even the most ardent, like, NXT, no way. 10 out of 10? Like, one of the best shows ever? This is a perfect show? Come on. No, there's only one great match on the show, and it's like, um, you know, and, and the Tiffany Stratton Lyra Valkyria match had an obscenely high rating for a while. It was over nine. <laughs> it was over nine yeah. for like a day and a half. Yeah. It's come down. It's a 7.94, which is still too high for that match. But it's like, I think this was the show that forced them to put their foot down and say enough of this. This is ridiculous. And um, it can only help. I don't think it's going to completely mitigate it, but it can only help. And, and a lot of these ratings have settled and they always do. They always, they always do. Start yeah. Super I, high and come down it, in the first 24 hours. That's when it really looks as ridiculous. as It's going to look or the first couple of hours right. afterwards. Like you said, if, if you know, when, when, at the beginning of the week, uh, Tiffany Stratton and, and the Valkyria one it was like, yeah, nine point two or whatever, like you know, one of the top two hundred matches of all time type of stuff or whatever. But then, yeah, now now it's gone down uh, significantly, and now it's you know again way too high at seven point nine four. And I do not truly believe that thirty four people think this is a ten out of ten match, like a perfect wrestling match, or that thirty people think it's a nine out of ten or whatever. But you know, that, that, that's bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, th- these things settle out a little bit, but still, by and large, like. A lot of these shows just look like, you know, they're being overrated by, again, as part of a culture war. So I want to read you this one review. It says um, by Matthew Corleone. No relation to related. Are you really that guy? You know, Um, I'm I'm not a Corleone. I am a uh, I'm a Lanza. I was going to give my grandmother's maiden name, too. But there's psychos out there who will track people down. And yeah, um, This is the best NXT's, says NXT's, pay-per-view since HBK took over. Every single match was amazing. Ilya versus Dijak was the match of the night. And then it says, cringe how the AEW fans are putting a bad grade just because WWE did good. (laughs) Clearly, this is written by a child. Yeah. (laughs) That's number one. Number two... Is Rich, the lowest rating for this show is a five. And that was only three people. And two people gave it a six. Everything else is above. There are no bad ratings from AEW fans or otherwise artificially dragging this down. There was not a single bad rating given for this show. So that just goes to show what we're dealing with here. Children who are fucking everything up. Because people giving this show a seven isn't good enough, and that's considered a bad rating, and it must be AEW fans grading in bad faith because it's only, quote-unquote, a seven, which is a really good score. So there's only five total scores for this show below seven. It's a, <laughs> it's a six and a, and a five. There's nothing four or below, which are the bad scores. So we're dealing with imbeciles is what we're dealing with here. Right, right. Children and imbeciles and culture war bullshit, and it's a shame. And and I wish Tony Khan had never mentioned cage match. It was a nice little thing, you know, where you can get consensus on things. And ever since that, anything WWE is completely blown to shit. 
AW scores seem to be pretty. I mean, look at double or nothing. Right now it's sitting at 6.58, one of the worst pay-per-view scores they've ever had. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. 100% fair. I'd probably grade it a six on a 10-point yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah six, six, six and a half for sure. You know, it's these WWE scores that sometimes are completely out of whack. But anyway, next match. Yeah, no, and I'm looking at this 10 review too. It says, a great NXT event who have nothing to envy to the old NXT TakeOver events of the black and gold era. Really good pay-per-view with good construction. Thank you, NXT. 10. <laughs> it's like, I that's really good Ten. pay-per-view. <laughs> A lot of the, a lot of the write ups are in like very strange writing too. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. syntax and vernacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strange. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's this one. Samuel XX, ten out of ten. I don't know if it's too rushed, but this is the best NXT PLE since they hit the road again. It was worth it from start to finish, starting with the fact that everything was really solid and felt digestible for the viewer. The matches had the correct duration, the winners were correct, and the staging in general was incredible. I highlight the public of Lowell deserves a clap. I don't even know what half of that means. I don't either. I highlight the public of Lowell deserves a clap. <laughs> I highlight the public of Lowell deserves a clap. I think AI is writing something. I think they might be. Well, Everything right. was the correct duration. I can't wait. The next time we do a review. Joe, I like this show. Everything was the correct duration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one speaks like that. You would say everything was the right length or yeah. the, the correct duration. The correct duration. Everything was the correct duration. Let me pull up the old chat GPT. Let me. Please do not. We, we got to go. We got to go. here. Come on. Let's go. All right. The next match. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. Next Gallus. Match. Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, your boys. New new entrance music. So don't even play the music. Don't even say the music. It's like a, it's like a bad ripoff too. No one. Yeah, but I'm sticking with the old one. And I'm but what I don't understand is like if they're gonna change their music, then be about that. You know what I mean? Change their music. But this is like a dollar store version of the old Gallus theme that we all agree objectively is great music, right? Yes. They've changed it, and I don't know why. Versus the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed. Brutus, who was called Bruton, that boy Bruton, by my man Booker T the whole time. Yeah. And Vic Joseph comes saying, Brutus, and he went, Bruton. It's like, you know, just great, yeah. great stuff um, from uh, that. But uh, I don't know. It was fine. I I didn't uh, I didn't love this match, but I don't know. Which no, this Gals was, uh, this was... It, probably the worst match on the show, I I, I would say. Yes, it was a nothing match. It just existed. It was just, it was there. It was a fucking two and a half star match. Yeah, it just, you know, there's nothing else to add. Except that they gave the ugly Creed, like, a cool haircut, but it's not going to work. No, still no, ugly. still ugly. Still ugly. Yeah. Uh, and they, the they, other guy can be a star, though. And they're definitely teasing some dissension with Ivy Nile, where she wasn't able to really help them enough. And yeah. Then, then uh, Ava Rain or whatever. What's her name this week? Is it Ava Rain still? It's, uh, a- no, that's Ava Rain. Yeah, The Rock's charismalist daughter. Avoid <laughs> the, yeah. the one, A literal rock came out. <laughs> all, all she ever does on Twitter is say, everyone is so, why, everyone's so mean on here. Like, people need to get a life. Like, how about you just delete the app? Yeah, delete the app and, and yeah, just go away. And, and... You're The Rock's daughter. Like, it, why? Why? Yeah, why would reading? you be on Twitter? Why would you be on Twitter? Why would anybody, what first off, why would anybody be? be on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, what does she think it's going to be for her? Right. Just fucking get off. Have a private account for your friends and do whatever you do, the fucking 20-year-olds do. What do you think your public account is going to look like? 
You're the Rock's daughter, and you stink on top of it. <laughs> you're not like, very you're good the at wrestling, yeah. You're the Rock's daughter, and you're awful at this. Like, what do you think your your comments are going to look like? I'm sure she. It's hell. Oh, I'm but, sure it like, is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, just just go away. Log just off. Get off of you don't need it. Like, like log off. You don't need it. Have a bunch of private accounts for you and your friends. That's the, listen. Unfortunately, that's the rub. Of you want to put yourself in the spotlight. Okay, that's number one. And you're terrible at this. That's the rub. You don't get to be normal, unfortunately. That's how it works. None of our listeners get death threats in the mail for bad wrestling opinions. I do. That's the rub. Not putting myself on the level of Ava Rain, but it's the same idea. Just get off of it then. Stop whining about it. And also stop being terrible. She stinks. Yeah, not not good. So... She just <laughs> she distracted the creeds and then they lost and Gals won and okay. Move out. <laughs> oh man. <coughs> oh god, give me a sec here. All right. Rich dying over there. Right there, Pat. Ah, yeah, I think I'm all right now. I had to just cough it out there. All right. NXT women's title tournament final match. Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyria. 16 minute. And one second, I believe, the correct duration, Joe, for Tiffany Stratton to defeat yes. Lyra Valkyrie to win the title. Uh, this was pretty okay, though. I, I kind of thought going in, I was like, I'm going to hate this. This is going to suck. It was perfectly fine. I, I think Stratton is good for her level. A lot of it is very rehearsed. But she hits the big spots well, and she does have presence. So I got to give credit where it's due. And I thought Valkyria was pretty good in this match, too. And I, I've never been super impressed by her. So I thought this was like the best-case scenario match you could get out of these two. Was it worthy of a 9.2? Was it a 10 out of 10 like some of these people on cage match are rating it? Absolutely not. But I was pleasantly surprised by how competent this match was. It was uh, a decent match for the current ability of Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton, who, by the way, I think is going to be a huge star. And I wrote about Tiffany Stratton at length when she wrestled uh, Sol Ruka in a very uh, highly talked about match a couple of months ago that was getting gift all over the place because they did the Ricochet Will Ospreay shit. Um, in that, I don't know if you remember that match from, from NXT TV a few months ago. And I reviewed it behind the paywall and I actually wrote a very in-depth analysis of what I see in Tiffany Stratton and Sol Ruka. And I, I, I think that Stratton has, she's a total package. And if she keeps getting better, she gets it. She gets a lot of the nuances of pro wrestling. She understands, um, she has a better understanding of what to do between the moves, how to, uh, her facial expressions, yeah. her mannerisms than a lot of the other wrestlers in NXT right now that are at the same level. Uh, with that said, there's still a lot of choppy motion. There's still a lot of not, knowing what to do physically at all times. There's still a lot of thinking your way through spots and not just now is the time to get her out of that system. Now is the time to get her out of that fucking performance center as quick as possible. But the problem is like if, if there was something else that they had, which is not the WWE main roster and not the performance center, if there was just something else they had, this would be the time to get her there. Cause she can hit 
all the stuff. She gets the beats of wrestling. She understands it. She has charisma. But if she continues, looks great. she looks, looks like great. A star. Yeah, looks like a star. Carries herself like a star. Hits the big moves. Hits that awesome finisher with the the the, the springboard yeah. moonsault or whatever. It all works. The problem is she is in that system, and they're just going to continue to hammer home. The, the the rigidity that they you know just the structure yeah. and the and yeah. the do the, and like you said she needs to get out of that she needs to be able to get into a match and 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 be able to just do stuff without it being okay now I do this okay what do we do next oh yeah this and you can see that there's still that thinking aspect of of her game when she wrestles and that's what they want out of the PC they want you to be that because they want you to think oh yeah my next spot is this but yeah like Andrew Rich brings up a great point remember the Street Profits when they had that evolve thing. Yeah, the relationship between Evolve and NXT, and they sent yeah. the Street yeah. Profits and Sean Maluda, and I forget a few other guys that they sent over there. But the Street Profits are the one that came back, and they were ready to go because they went on the Indies. And I'm sure Gabe said, "Hey, man, go out there, kick ass. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Knock yourself out." And they did, and they were, and then they came back, and they were made men from that point forward. And it was like night and day. Not that they were bad before, but it was clear that they needed finishing school. They needed that last little bit to get them to be good pro wrestlers, not just good. NXT superstars or WWE superstars or whatever. And they're still great. The Street Profits are still really, really good. She needs that, and they don't have that now, and they're not going to have it now. And that that's what I fear mostly about her, is that she's at this point where she can get really, really good, but they're not going to teach her how to get really good. They're going to teach her how to become more of a WWE superstar. Yeah, I mean, but that but that's why I can't call this like a great match. It had a great finish and an exciting finish, and the the you know the finisher was well executed, and I think that's kind of like, uh, kind of masked a lot of the flaws earlier in the match where you see, and it this is a developmental show, and she is a twenty four year old developmental wrestler, and people aren't seeing or even looking for these little things that maybe we're seeing where we're like, what people are rating this match, like a fucking nine. Like this isn't a great match. Like this is a good match for her experience level. And she's in there with a more experienced wrestler who slightly more anyway, who, you know, someone who had been wrestling in Europe for a long time, even though they're close in age. When did she debut Valka? I know she was in Europe for a long time. She, I'll, try, uh, I'll try to get that while you're, while you're talking here. Yeah. She's been going for <laughs> so my point. She's been going for a while. Yeah, so my point here is she's in there with an experienced wrestler who had a good reputation when she signed, which uh, helps too. Debuted 2015, 2015 for her. And she's, tw- she's only 26, yeah, that's what I so mean. she's been around for a long time. Yeah, but she's been wrestling for a long time compared to the Sol Ruka match where they were both green as grass, and that match wasn't good at all. You know, even though people were sending around, you know, the gifts and the one spot that they did where they did their flippy-doos, um... You know, so but Stratton has all kinds of upside. I I would buy Stratton stock, um, you know, without a second thought. And you know, I because I could see her. She's got time to improve too, and she does have some physical tools. She might not be as great of an athlete as someone like Sol Ruka is, and she might not have the jump off the page, obvious charisma and star quality that someone like Jade Cargill has. But she has the best combination of all that out of all these people, in my view. Yeah. And I think, you know, I would I would buy her upside over Jade's in a second. You know, even if Jade is a quarter hour mover now, I think Jade has is hit her ceiling. And I don't think Tiffany Stratton has. I think Tiffany Stratton um 
you know, has a chance to be really, really special and really great. But um, and and that was a good time. Match, and, but... and that was a good time to lose her, you know, daddy's girl, Barbie gimmick that they have right now. Or yeah, I mean, it's NXT, so everyone's a fucking cartoon. Right, and right. That's Everyone... an unfortunate thing. Like they're all a caricature. They're all a fucking cartoon character. That's why I hate NXT. The most one beat all... characters ever, too. Like Tiffany Stratton's yes. like, I want the title because I want it. And it's like, oh my, what are we doing? Is she a literal it's awful. She's six? Like, what are we doing? Like, what? It's, it's an impossible show to enjoy from that standpoint. Like, that it's was what irritating. her pre match promo was. Was like, it's time for me yeah. to get the title because I want it. And it's like, what? <laughs> what are Clenching we her fists and stomping. Yeah, right. You know, it's like. Like, excuse me? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's junk. It's junk garbage TV. Yeah, I, I, any, um, any like, actual adult that, that earnestly likes I NXT, I really you. do. I yeah. really do. I, I really do. I'm I sorry. hate to be that guy, but I have to question you. Unless you're enjoying it ironically. You know, it's uh, these characters and these gimmicks on this, it's like it's more one note than porn characters. Like, yeah, that, that's, I, I that's disrespectful lot, to porn. A lot of porn I watch has more depth than this. <laughs> For sure. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, it's uh, really, really bad from that standpoint. But that's why, you know, you say she has to get away from that, but that's what they do. I right. mean, they're all like, every character on the show is like that. Uh, and then the main event, uh, Carmelo Hayes defeating Braun Breaker uh, to retain the NXT title. Uh, Carmelo yet again uses like a low blow uh, to to change the course of the match, and we're just supposed to pretend that that's like good babyface work or something. Babyface, I don't get this. this. What I don't get this. What's going on? But good. I thought it was solid work, but I just still don't really understand what's going on here with Carmelo. I gotta tell you, I went four and a quarter on this and thought it was the best Braun Breaker bell to bell performance yet. I would say for Braun Breaker, yeah, probably. Um, I don't know if it was his best match because you have that match against um, uh, Tyler Bate. I think that was probably better than this match. But um, his best performance, I think, was uh, was this was this match. He was really good here. My problem with the match is like what you said: the psychology was all mixed up. <laughs> like Braun, Braun's the heel, and he's working it like the babyface. Carmelo Hayes is supposed to be the babyface and working like a heel. Or maybe we we just, I don't know. It's it's all fucked up. It was all fucked up. It, 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 this whole thing has been fucked up. From the moment Carmelo won the title, thanks to Trick Williams' interference, and Braun Breaker raised his hand and endorsed him. Like, I don't understand who the babyface or the heel is supposed to be in any of this anymore, especially with the way that they work this match. So... But setting all that aside and just watching the match as a performance, I, I thought it was really good, you know, and, and um, it was better than the last match that they had, I thought, easily. And I thought Braun looked as good as he's ever looked in this. But, yeah, I don't understand the the, the face-heel dynamics of any of this at all. Very, very good match. I agreed. The thing is that Carmelo... I just don't understand the character. I just don't understand what we're supposed to get out of the character. I don't understand what the the vibe of the character is supposed to be because, like you said, it, it's the matches worked, and, and a lot of the Carmelo matches have been worked this way, where he's getting beaten or he's getting dominated or he's getting you know, and that's fine for a heel baby face, especially in that company. They do that a lot. The heel will work over the face or whatever, but his comebacks aren't 
fiery babyface comebacks, he cheats and then he comes back. And I guess we're just supposed to either pretend that he didn't cheat or that's the rub and that's the good thing. I don't know. It's it's strange. That's all I'll say. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. It, it's NXT and it fucking sucks to wrap it up in a neat bow. I mean, I don't I don't. I, I would think that in a developmental territory, you're gonna want to teach the basics how to work babyface, how to work heel. And you're gonna leave some of these more if you want to do complicated layers. Uh, you know, that stuff, shouldn't that stuff be for the main roster? Right. Uh, you know, in NXT, shouldn't they just really just be doing the bare bones kind of storytelling? But I don't know. What do I know? Well, like I said, everything's going to be right, though, because I believe I was muted when I said this, that uh, Carmelo is now in a feud with Baron Corbin. So, uh, yes. Yeah, that'll that'll get him on the right track for sure. Yeah, which tells you he's clear a clear-cut baby face. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that's easy. You could just chop all that out in the edit. Yeah, exactly. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. The live listeners got to hear you be weird and just say, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For for a minute. And then, uh, yeah. Perfect. All (laughs) righty. Hey, God damn. Let's do some New Japan. I will set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So best of the super juniors. We got to talk about the semifinals and the finals. We'll spend most of the time on the final. The semifinal feels like it was, uh, years ago at this point because we also have to preview dominion which is happening in just a couple of days um so the semifinals um wato defeats mike bailey and teton upsets despy i told you i told i didn't you did i i kind of half did it i was like i think teton can do it but now i'm going to tell you that i told you that teton was going to win no i didn't guess master wato i think you and i both put him four out of four of guys that could make it uh to the the best of the super junior final so we got to own that one but uh, i predicted teton so i'm gonna tell everybody about it so well, I said you can knock me out with a brick if either guy won the fucking tournament and they were both in the final. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that next time. Next time I see you. Look, I thought Teton had a phenomenal tournament, all told, especially when you factor in the great semifinal against Despy, which I went four and a half on. And um, I don't know. Maybe this is the hot take of the show. I thought it was a little better than the final. And, you know, the final, people are saying, is a match of the year contender. Um. And, you know, Watto versus Mike Bailey, the other semi, was also very good. I went four and a quarter plus on that one. And I thought that uh, Bailey was probably the best wrestler overall in the tournament. I think that uh, he would probably be my tournament MVP if I had to pick one. So then we had the Watto Teton final, which is a great match. Um, Now, just for, look, I went four and a half on the match. Okay. But here's where I differ from a lot of people. I thought Teton, well, maybe this part won't differ from a lot of people, but I thought Teton was the clear standout and star of the match. And I thought Teton um, carried the drama of the match. I thought the the entire match was built on the idea of, is Teton going to pull this off and win this tournament? Right. I I agree. I agree. Yeah, because even though he was facing someone whose entire dynamic is that he's an underdog, Teton was really the underdog here in, in the story of the match and, and I thought Teton's performance in the match was even better than his performance against Despy. And I thought the Despy match was a little better than this one. Teton was great. And he finished his tournament great. He had the great match against Hiromu on the 23rd. He had the great semi against Despy. And he had the great final against Watto. And I know everybody's talking about Watto. He won the tournament. 
And, um, you know, he only lost two matches and it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's Watto's world right now. And we're just living in it, all this shit. I got to tell you though, Rich, and I'm going to hand you the floor in a second, but, um, I cannot get into master Watto at all. I, he is probably the one wrestler in the world right now who I recognize has good matches. Cause he turned a corner last year. He's no longer shitty. He oh yeah. 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 Real yeah. Bad. Yeah, right. No, he, but, he's, I mean, he's, he's definitely that. better he's, than he used to be, for sure. He's a good wrestler, okay? He turned the corner last year, and he's really turned it up this year. He no longer sucks, okay? But with that said, he is the one wrestler in the world who I fully recognize and acknowledge as a good wrestler who I have absolutely zero interest in watching wrestle, despite the fact that he had a couple matches this week that I thought were pretty great. I have no interest in this guy. He does nothing for me. To me, he has no charisma. I still think he's a fucking dork in all the wrong ways. And when he hits, when his music hits and he comes out for a match, I am fighting the urge to look at my, to fuck around with my phone. He's one of these wrestlers where if this wasn't my job, even though I know his matches are going to be good, I probably wouldn't watch his matches because I just don't like him. Even though I recognize that the matches are probably going to be good. He's also a guy where when he wrestles, I have to put my phone in another room because I, I just can't stay off of my phone when this guy's re- And I know everybody has wrestlers like that, but he's mine where I recognize he's good, but I don't give a fuck about this guy. And Rich, I'm in big trouble if they push him because, you know, he's getting the title match at Dominion and it looks like they're, they want to push him. If this is a long-term thing, I'm going to struggle with this division. Because I have no interest in watching this fucking guy. Despite the fact that, yes, do I think this is a match of year level match? A lot of people are saying, no, I do not. And I'm fine being on an island with that. That's fine. And a lot of that, it probably is because every Master Wato match has to overcome my Master Wato bias for me before I, you know what I mean? Right. And that'd be a big big thing to overcome for a guy that you just don't get or just don't 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 see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta earn my fucking praise every time I watch him. I'm not I'm never rubbing my hands together saying, "All right, it's Watto time." What I'm saying is, oh, this fucking guy. I don't want to watch this guy. Where the fuck is anyone else? Where's Mike Bailey or TJP or Despy or fucking? I don't want to watch fucking Master Watto. He's just so dry to me. Like he's good, but he's just there. Like there's no spark. There's no excitement. I don't connect with his gimmick or his character. Uh, I just, I don't know. The guy does nothing for me. And that's why I opened at the top with, but I gave the match four and a half stars. And I thought it was a great match. Right. So uh, anyway, what did you think? of all So this? I, I, I don't think I'm as negative on Watto as you are. I, I have been at times and I haven't quite seen it with him, but I, I am open to seeing how this push goes and how this run goes. I think this will be a big determining factor in, 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 you know, what, I think of him moving forward, like because because this he'll be in a big spot. He'll be in a big spot in Dominion. And he's going to be in a big spot probably for the next couple of weeks and 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 months. So it's kind of put up or shut up time for him. Because I'm 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 closer to you where I think that like I don't quite get it with him the same way that a lot of other people get it. But I'm not fully on board with you where you're like ah this guy take it or leave it. I could take you know I, I I'm I'm I, I I will give him a chance. I will give him this opportunity to win me over. I'm I'm willing to be won over. I'm on the fence, but he's got to kind of get me over there. But I'm very close to you know jumping off and saying, okay, yeah, I just don't get it with this guy. But I thought this match was really good. And to me, this match, it, I, it's not a match of the year contender for me. But 
it had an awesome atmosphere. And like you said, a lot of that atmosphere was Teton. Watson was there too. The hot crowd definitely helped the Watson segments, but it felt like a lot of the people there were there and really, really on board with Teton throughout the, a lot of the match. But this match to me felt like the most New Japan is back match in a long time where I really felt like, okay, this company is back fully because, and, and hear me out on this. So Russell Kingdom, great show. Obviously you have Omega and Osprey. That's any company in the world could put Omega and Osprey, give them 40 minutes, and have it be great, right? Like, I, I could do that. I could do it in my backyard and book a show, and it would probably, they would have a great match. You know what I mean? Like, anybody can book Omega and Osprey to go out there and have a, a, a great match. That's not hard to do. What's hard to do is get, to get a crowd super invested in two guys that had no chance, no opportunity. Nobody thought they were going to win a tournament when the tournament started in Teton and Master Watto. And they have a crowd going absolutely fucking bonkers the entire time for a guy that doesn't usually wrestle in your company and a guy who's largely been kind of a a, a lower level guy in your company and they have a crowd going absolutely fucking nuts for it i that that is new japan back for me because that's them taking a risk on guys that's them saying hey we're going to get behind this guy we're going to give a mega push to wato that's you know you're looking at it dominion you're going to see it again with with, with yota suji that to me is the most new japan is back things that you can do because that's the company that again that's the company that I fell in love with that is willing to take risks and is willing to put you know people in big time spots that they might not be ready for but fuck it let's find out if they're ready for it or not and a lot of times they deliver and a lot of times they are ready for that moment or they hit right at the right time with guys or they find just the right story with a guy at the right time and that's probably what they got with Teton and with Watso they're just saying dude it's your chance go do it here's your push let's go for it and they're going to do it here this weekend. And that leads us, I think, perfectly into Dominion with Yota Suji, who's going to be in the main event there against Sonata. And that, to me, feels like, okay, we are back to what I loved about New Japan Pro Wrestling all those years ago. And that's taking fucking risks and saying, you know what? We're going to find out what happened. They were so careful and so calculated about so many things during COVID, after COVID, even into 2021 and even into 2022. And now it feels like they're starting to feel themselves a little bit and say, you know what? Let's get fun. Let's, let's have some fun now. Let's start building some new stars. And I don't know how the Yota Suji thing is going to go. I have no idea. This is truly a, an IWGP title match that I have no idea who's winning this match. Tickets weren't going great at last check. Okay. I haven't checked it in a week. But it's not like the building's going to be half empty, but it wasn't a sellout or anything like that yet. Okay, and, that, and that's but but again, sometimes that's you might not expect it. It's Yota Suji, right? It's Yota Suji, and that's why you make these risks. The the risk is that you do that to make a guy, and then the next time you come to town, it's not going to be that problem. You know what I mean? Like you got to make. So I don't know, but this is I I I've, I have an eye of who's going to win this match a lot. I usually side that I think you do the thing with Suji if you're going to put him in the spot. He returns, he calls the guy out. He's just going to come to Dominion and, and, and lose a hard-fought match. I don't know. I guess you could do that. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if I'm – I love that. I think I like him coming in and fucking winning that title. And you say, you know what? Let's see what happens here. Let's see what we can do with this guy. Let's make a star in one night. This Anytime I think that, then somebody comes back with, well, yes, and I, you're going to build Sonata up just to lose to this guy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, that seems right. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm more on the Suji side, but it's like – 55 45 you know what i mean it, it's it's such a small margin and i could be swayed one way or another joe what do you think about the finish of yota suji and sanada main event for D- dominion which I, way do you I go i mean you know if suji wins they obviously think he's a generational star 
you know, that's all there is to it. And is he? I don't know. I also don't know that either. Like, I think he's good. I think he could probably be. Is he that guy? I don't know if he's that guy. I well, don't how know. How could any of us know that? How right. can any of us know yet? But if he does win, and that's the thought process, it does make a little more sense why they would use Sonata as the bridge. Because you'd want to save the Okada match for some point later if you think Suji's going to be a big-time top guy. So you use Sonata as the bridge, right? So that would be the mindset there if that's the direction they go. And, you know, I don't know. I'm Look, I'm not convinced that Sonata is this top guy that some people think swear that he is either. So um, would it stun me if Yota Suji, if they rocket pack him and he beats Sonata? No, it wouldn't stun me. And I, don't, I wouldn't see that as a sacrifice of Sonata anyway. At the end of the day, it's still Sonata. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm so indifferent to the Sonata push that years ago I knew was inevitable and was eventually going to come. But I'm still indifferent to it. It doesn't excite me. The idea of Sonata holding this title for another six months, that doesn't excite me at all. If Sonata, if they were to do something crazy and go with Suji here and, and take the belt off Sonata, I wouldn't give a shit if Sonata never wins it back. In fact, I'd probably prefer it if he never wins it back. I just, you know, maybe I'm not indifferent after all. Maybe I just... Sounds not, like you're not. not yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm not convinced he's, you know, that they've they prop, they've elevated him into a proper star. I, I'm not convinced of that. I don't see him on the same level as the top stars in the company. And um, I do tend to drag my feet on those things a little more. I need to see a lot of proof. Um, I think the his fan reactions are severely overrated. Um, and aren't the fan reactions of a true superstar. Um, you know, if they do crawl, fight and crawl to a sellout here, that's pretty impressive. But last I saw, they weren't at that level. The Super Junior Final drew a really good number and best number in that building in some time. And I thought that was impressive because the Super Junior Tour did not do great business outside of Corrigan. Corrigan's were packed. The rest of the tour, there were tons of empty seats in every building. Anyone who tries to tell you Super Juniors drew well is out of their minds. It didn't. Uh, the Corrigans drew well, and the final drew shockingly well. The final did great. I know you heard that. That one, that one I heard. What did she knock down then? A fucking baby gate that we had up <laughs> to keep the dog and the cat out of this room. And the cat figured out how to knock it down so she can escape. And she's back on the attack. It's unbelievable. This fucking cat. So mild mannered <laughs> until I'm doing this show. And then, yeah, well, they're evil. Cats are evil. Just the coolest, most mild mannered cat possible until I'm doing this show. Maggie, come here, Maggie. Come here. I'm going to skin you alive. Please don't kill her. Yeah, please don't kill the cat out of here. Please. I'm going to skin you alive. I always say that. I'm like, I'm going to fillet you like a fish. And Brittany's always like, you love that fucking cat. You wouldn't harm a hair on that cat. And I'm like, I know. And guess guess who also knows that? The cat. Yeah, of course. The cat's my buddy. Right. I mean, Do- the cat dogs really don't is know. my buddy. Dogs don't know. But cats are way smarter than dogs. <laughs> That's why I don't this like them. cat. Because <laughs> they're too smart. I mean, they're too evil and too smart. I've developed into this cat's person of choice, which bugs the shit out of my wife. Because she really wanted to be her cat. And the cat tolerates the children. Like, I know the cat doesn't like the kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But when, the, but like when, like the boy doesn't really care about the cat either. He doesn't interact with the cat. But when the girl, like the girl, loves to cuddle with the cat and pick up the cat, yeah, it's just and the really. cat always has a look on its face, like, oh, when is this ending? Like <laughs> right, she doesn't. Right. She's never scratched her or bit her or even struggled to get away. But she just she's limp. She's like, oh, all right, I guess I have to do this for a minute. Like she doesn't like the kids. Brittany wants that cat to be like she wants to be that cat's person so bad, but the cat has picked me and it bothers her a lot. Like the cat's my buddy. Here's the cat now rubbing up on the cat loves me. So I'm I'm gonna I I I tell this cat I'm like I'm gonna fucking skin you a lot. I'm gonna fillet you, and Brittany like you're so full of shit. You you will you will dive in front of a bullet for that cat. And I'm like you know what you're right. <laughs> Damn right I will. You're right. I would. I will dive in front of a fucking train for the. You're right. But knocking down the fucking baby gate. Anyway, <laughs> Super Juniors, final Drew Well. Dominion, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'll, I. this is a year for them where they're establishing new stars. Right. I don't think you could write anything off. You know, even write down the people like Kevin Knight. Right? Like, not on the same level as a Yota Suji or a, a Master Watto as the recent examples. But, you know, they put the tag team, the junior tag titles on someone like Kevin Knight, you know, and um, they finally put the tag titles on Aussie Open until Davis got hurt. Right. David Finley finally getting that singles push. Yeah, there's so many examples. And so you cannot write off the possibility of Suji winning the match. Right. The only the only title that doesn't have a young guy involved or actively winning it or whatever is the title they said was for young guys. The New Japan World TV title, which is just Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling other veterans <laughs> or whatever. So, but <sighs> all right, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match too. So yeah, this is Sonata Suji. That that's obviously your main event. Uh, junior Heavyweight title: Hiromu versus Watto. Uh, I guess this will be a big tell as well if if Watto goes in there and 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 wins this title. Oh I, God, please! I, I tend to think no. Like this one, I'm not as confident. This one, I, I kind of feel like Hiromu is probably going to get it, but. Uh, I've been wrong about Watto for, for a long time now, especially throughout the entire best of the Super Juniors tournament. So uh, very possible he he goes in here and wins it. But, you know, having Watto and Suji both win, I mean, that seems like a lot in one night. So it, it feels like it's got to be one or the other. So I don't know. But maybe I'm wrong. At least it was something different with him winning Super Juniors, though, instead of Hiromu or Kushida. Right, the, right, right. You know, I will say that. Uh, never open weight, six-man tag team titles, Chaos, Okada, and Ishii teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi, defending the titles against the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Shota Umino. Oh, my God. I, Claudio is going to be so happy to be in there. Claudio and Ishii. Claudio and Tanahashi, man. Claudio and Okada. Fuck God. Well, love it. is he going to be happy when they announce him for the G1? Uh, intermission too. Well, I hope uh, so. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I'm in. G1 announcements, right on this show. Uh so. usually, yeah. I don't know if they're gonna do it for sure. This no, sh- no, they are. I think they already announced it. Do they announce? Okay, all right. Well, in about thirty seconds, the chat will confirm or tell me I'm wrong. But I- I'm pretty sure they're announcing the G1 participants. I-, I thought so, but I don't know if that was just like we're using like, hey, they usually do it at Dominion, or if if that's truly what they've announced. But uh, yeah, he'd be yeah, great. It's a little early, but I think they're doing it at- on this show this year. So, um, you know, we'll see the AEW involvement. Look, with Forbidden Door coming up, Moxley, Claudio, and Shota could easily win these titles. I mean, 
these are dopey little titles to begin with. And it really oh, for sure, matter. I would I would almost guarantee that they win them. Yeah, it would just work better so, for the story. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and, and I think you might get you might see Moxley and Claudio announced for G one on this night. I mean, I know the big one everybody wants is Danielson, and his big thing was getting COVID completely behind us. And it seems to be because now Japan has zero restrictions. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So we'll see with that one too, you know, but how many of these people can Tony be without for six weeks? Right. That's a long time. Four weeks or however it is, however long it is a month, at least, you know, you can't give them all up, but you know, he does kind of, I, I don't want to say owe them, but he really couldn't help them last year with all the injuries he had. And all he was able to give them was Lance Archer. And um, I know he wants to do right by them and give them some, some more talent for a G1. So this could be a good spot to do it. Um, But again, he, you know, you can't give half your roster. Right, right, right. It's gotta be. Yeah. One, one, Claudio would be good. Uh, I think you can survive without Claudio um, for, for a couple weeks. Danielson might be, t- especially if, if as as you said, Danielson's more involved in the creative and 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 the Saturday show, like he might have reasons why you know non wrestling reasons why he needs to be, um, you know, stick around in AEW and stick around in America instead of going over to, to Japan for. Can you weeks, write so. out the Blackpool Combat Club at the end of the summer? Can you just write them out of your own stories and make it viable? Suspend them or something? Yeah, something. And just do all of them, or just I don't know. You just. Simply say, you know, I have everybody else without Claudio and say, Claudio's looking for new fights. He's in Japan fighting guys because he's got he's getting ready to fight more people. I mean, I, you could do. Yeah, well, you yeah. could do one of them easily. But I'm saying if you if, if New Japan wanted all three of them, you could like maybe write them out and do an angle. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. But we'll find out. It's, you know, that's. This is a stacked card, and we're getting the G1 field. Yeah, it, it, it's this Dominion's nuts here. Um, yeah. uh, Finley versus El Phantasmo for the Never Open Weight uh, Championship. I, I think that that is a chance to switch, too. I think if they want to move El Phantasmo, he's another guy we haven't mentioned where, you know, he's a little older, obviously, but, um, you know, they've, they've put him on a different level and a different pedestal uh, this year as well. And this would be a good opportunity for him to win this title if he wanted. You're still establishing David Finley, so maybe you want to keep Finley with the title. But I don't know. Th- this card is filled with, like, matches where i'm like shit they could either guy could win this thing you know what i mean like it is not like a a safe and easy and 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 obvious show like a lot of new japan shows have over the last couple years there's a lot of matches where i'm like fuck man i don't know and that that feels like a throwback in a lot of ways too for sure so yeah i don't know a coin flip uh but should be pretty fun finley uh and phantasmo feels a little early for finley to lose but it wouldn't shock me at all um you know phantasmo is a guy they, they believe in as a as a heavyweight baby face so you know maybe they'll trade that title back and forth i don't know but uh yeah it's a match that can go either way and and yeah i i feel like i'm gonna say finley will win the match it feels a little soon for it, him it does feel a little soon but yeah i guess if you really want to again put that rocket pack on phantasmo but you're also at the same time putting that pack on on finley so there's only you can only push so many guys but uh like i said yeah. that's why this match is fun because it's another like kind of challenge match where it's like yeah either guy i mean really it would make sense either way, and that and that's that's I think pretty good booking by them. Um, uh, let me jump in. You're dying. Here. Yeah, I'm dying. So a tag team yeah. title. This is for the double titles. Um, Aussie opens out, but Great Okan and Aaron Hanare are in. So United Empire remains in the match. We thought it was just going to be two versus two. 
but still going to be a three-way with the House of Torture and Bishimon. And as I said, I cannot rule out Evil and Yujiro winning this match. I can't rule it out. You know, it's it it it, it reeks of Fale and Chase Owens from a couple of years ago in a very similar spot. So uh, I wasn't ruling them out even with Aussie Open involved. So I'm definitely not ruling them out now. Uh, junior title match, Kushida and Kevin Knight versus uh, Akira and TJP. Akira and TJP beat Kushida and Kevin Knight in the singles matches at Super Juniors. So you knew they were going to do this match again. And uh, that's fine because the last time they had a great match. So I think they'll have another great match in uh, in this one. And obviously it's a coin flip in terms of who can win. Uh, Saber and Jeff Cobb is another rematch from the time limit draw. So, uh, and they had a really good, a good time limit draw. It's a deep show. Yeah, it's, it's super a good deep. show and a deep show. You know, there's a lot going on. So, uh, hop back in because now I'm dying. All right. Yeah, I'll hop back in for the final uh, few matches. What a here. pathetic podcast. It's so bad. We can't talk. We, we should have ended at two hours, but we let this go another hour. And now we're dying. And now we're going over three hours because we're idiots. Uh, just, just five guys. Uh, Taichi, Duki, Kanemaru, Takamichinoku uh, versus Naito, Shingo, Bushi, Titan. So just just five guys versus LIJ. And then, uh, interesting, the opener of the show, tournament final to determine the number one contender for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship, Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. This card is fucking stacked. The opener is Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay, which had a lot of people wondering, oh, my God, what is that? If you notice, and, and and I've kind of been talking with some people in, in, in potentially involved in the situation or people that just think that this is a new directive from New Japan to put big-time star-level workers early in the show, especially ones that are going to reach a Western audience. Will Ospreay will reach a Western audience. Mercedes was the opener of that show Resurgence or whatever uh, last week. They seem to be doing that. So now a lot of people are reading that into, oh, my God, what does this say about Ospreay? What does it say? It might just say that there's they know that Osprey's a big time star. They're putting him early on in the show. They're putting him on in a spot where that's going to get a lot of attention for Western fans. Now, with that said, you can also this just makes sense as the opener because pretty much everything else has a title match attached to it. So yeah, you got the big time yeah. title. So it also kind of just works as the opener. Like it seems weird that Will Osprey is in an opener, but there's so much other stuff on the show and so many other titles that it kind of works. But but it might be twofold. It might have been the perfect opportunity to put Will Osprey in, in this opener and get attention from the Western audiences when some of them, a lot of them are still awake, or you can get maybe additional people jumping into New Japan world or, or sharing news or sharing gifts, that sort of stuff, as opposed to just doing it in the middle of the night. Or it just kind of works because there's just every other match on the show has a title or some big stakes involved with it. So I don't know. But... Regardless, that that shows you just how stacked of a, a show this is. Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, your opener. Yeah, and the big question is, I mean, Ospreay's going to win, but then the question is, when do you do the second match against Kenny? Do you do it at Forbidden Door? Do you do it at All In? Do you, you know, when do you do it? Do you do it on just a a, a New Japan show sometime? I mean, I don't know when. I mean, you know, I'm not sure you're going to squeeze it in on, but the question becomes when you do Osprey Omega Two because you assume they're going to have a rubber match at Wrestle Kingdom. And they're going to do three of these. But, you know, maybe we find out. Maybe Will wins and puts out a challenge for one of these shows coming up. I don't know. 
This is a this is a big time Dominion. It's a this big. Is, this is New Japan is back, man. This is a hell of yeah. a show with some big stakes involved, some potential star making performances, some you know sets the stage for the rest of their summer, sets the stage for Forbidden Door, sets the stage for AEW summer in some ways. If if uh, depending on who gets announced to the G one, like there's so much going on here, man. This is it's a juicy weekend, man. This is a show that. Uh, I don't know what time it's on in, in, in you know, our time, but it's one of those shows that it's like, fuck, I got to find a way to either stay up or, or, or you know, this is the one that I want to know everything that happened when I wake up and, and get spoiled. Like, I kind of want to watch some of this stuff uh, live. So, so definitely going to rearrange my sleep schedule to make sure. So the G1 is July 15th through August 13th. Okay. What's the all in date? All in is. Get it for you real quick. August twenty seven. August twenty seven. Yeah, and all outs a week after that, so it won't affect either of those shows. Um, it's not going to affect uh, Grand Slam, which is usually what beginning of September ish. So July fifteenth through August thirteenth, that actually works out pretty well for AEW, right? It does. It really does. You're really not missing much there in that almost a little less than a month. You know, it, you're talking <clears throat> July 15th is a Saturday. And what what's it run to August 13th? So uh, one, two, three, four, five. You're missing five dynamites. Five dynamites. It's not bad. And, and if, 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 if you do that after blood and guts, it's like that's fine. You know, that's a blow off, basically. Short term blow off. You point. know what I mean? You know what? You know what? You're right. If you do a blood and guts in there and beat them, that's kind of a, a short term write off. Right, right. Half those guys can go away for a little bit because they would be anyway. Right. Ah, we cracked that case. I think we got it. So, uh, Mox, Claudio, you'd have <laughs> sent them all there. You can expect the entire Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> Not Wheeler. Though. I don't want Wheeler in it anyway. No, but, no uh, I agree. He wasn't that great in Super Juniors last year. This year's Super Juniors as a whole, though, I thought was an excellent Super oh, Juniors yeah, tournament. Yeah. Fantastic stuff, yeah. yeah. High, high I think level, I had 14, high level 14 notebook matches, I think. 14 of them. So, um, yeah, just uh, I thought everyone delivered. In the tournament, <coughs> I think I, 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 we got to end. This. We got to <laughs> for sure. I'm dying too. All right, so I don't even know if I have the energy to do the outro. That's show. I'm rich. Uh, this is the flagship. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for enduring uh, through our many coughs and inabilities to talk. Uh, but uh, we stuck through it. And thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Uh, FlagshipPatreon.com for all the additional bonus content as well. Uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com for previews, reviews, columns, all the other good stuff. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe and review uh, on your podcast app of choice. And uh, that's it for us. So that is Joe. I'm Rich. We're both going to take some rest and rest these voices. So take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. 
You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed, or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show.